Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. It's Selection Day. Uh, polls open in 42 minutes, T-minus 42 minutes. Uh, so uh, if you haven't voted early by mail, carrier pigeon, however else you can vote these days, then uh, you got from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. tonight to do so. Uh, we'll uh, get your reviews of what's happening at polling places in the Chicagoland area in the 6 o'clock hour, I think, when polls open. But begin with closing arguments from the left because they're the most entertaining and apocalyptic, which is why they're so entertaining. Uh, basically, what you have here is the prospect that semi-fascists could take over the United States Congress and end the world. That's about it. Um, so and democracy is at stake, and we're all extremists if you vote Republican. So factor that into your decision, you know, the semi-fascists that are going to end the world. Uh, interesting cleanup that uh, KJP... The quadruple threat, Karine Jean-Pierre, the spokesman for Mr. 10 percent, the big guy, President Biden, yesterday doing some rhetorical cleanup work best she can. And it ain't very good from Biden's remarks over the weekend, particularly in New York, on energy, because his closing arguments seem to be a guarantee and he's going to increase energy prices. I don't know how much that closes the sale, but uh, that was what he said when he said no more drilling, shut down the coal yeah. plants. So Karine Jean-Pierre had to come out to do some, some, sp- again. some explaining um, regarding shutting down the coal plants. Of course, uh, his words were twisted, big guys. A very lengthy Saturday statement for you clarifying the president's remarks from the day prior. Can you walk through what the genesis of that was and whether or not you guys thought that perhaps it would be politically problematic had those statements been allowed to stand? So we just wanted to be, uh, you're talking about the, 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 so we just wanted to be very clear uh, on that, uh, which is why we uh, put out a statement. It seemed like there was uh, uh, some confusion. Uh, on that. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, I want to say this, it was, some of you were there. It was, uh, it was loud and and hard uh, to hear, I think, or maybe not uh, exactly what, uh, what, uh, what was being said, but I currently don't want to get into punditry from here and and why we did it or do, uh, or, you know, paid or do it, did it on TV. But I spoke to, to this over the weekend, the president words we believe were twisted. His words were, we're going to be shutting down plants all, we're going to be shutting plants down all across America and having wind and solar. And by plants, he was referring to coal. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we said that Friday in San Diego. Everybody saw it. Now, it's it a word salad she's got going there. It was loud. It was loud in there. So I think his words got twisted because it was so loud. People, it was difficult to hear. Um, so uh, Philip Wegman from Real Clear Politics followed up. And if you thought that was a word salad, oh, no. uh, then get ready for this offering of lettuce. Okay. Thank you. You said that the president is fighting for coal communities. Um, but just to follow up, that doesn't mean that he's fighting to keep these coal mines open, does it? Look, the president, I, I laid out very clearly about how the president sees, um, uh, sees his, his part in this. Uh, and what he has done, uh, you know, he has, he has uh, uh, you know, through the work of working group on coal and power plant communities, President Biden has already delivered more than $23 billion to energy communities now across she's just the country. Uh, he has put forward plans that are bringing yeah, new binder. energy and manufacturing jobs to states like West Virginia, statements. to states yeah. like Pennsylvania. And he has secured critical investment through the Inflation Reduction Act to support coal communities as well. Uh, which he believes is incredibly important, which is why it was included in the Inflation Reduction Act. And that's from funding for coal miners suffering from respiratory challenges to billions of dollars in loans to help them seize new energy opportunities. So, new again, energy you know, opportunities. I mentioned this, I just say, like laid coding. this out, while we're trying to help coal communities, while we're trying to do everything that we can uh, to make sure that uh, uh, they have the funding that they need, Republicans, that very same uh, same uh, policy, same uh, monies that I just laid out, Inflation Reduction Act, which is the, where it's coming from, Republicans want to repeal that, taking away the efforts that we're trying to uh, to provide for uh, coal communities. So that sounds like you're helping them as the market through economic transition is moving away from coal. That doesn't sound like you're taking any deregulatory efforts or any steps to help the, the mines themselves stay open. Is that correct? Look, I've been very clear. The president's <laughs> been very clear on this. Uh, don't have anything more to add. Uh, again, we believe what he was trying to say was twisted. Uh, and we've laid that down very clearly. You heard from my statement. You heard from what I just say it said here today. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're shutting those. They can, they can be interpreted so many ways. Yeah. You're twisting them. Who was that? Twisted that he said he's shutting those plants down. If there's one word that comes to mind when I listen to Karine Jean-Pierre, and I could listen to her for hours. Please, keep going. I just I just think it's entertaining, particularly when she's reading from a prayer text, and then she looks up for a second to sort of give this, like, uh, impassioned grimace, like she's really speaking from her core. This is personal to her. Um, the one word, though, when it comes to Karine Jean-Pierre what? that jumps to mind. What? Clarity. I mean, she is such attention a, to detail. Too, she yes. is such a clear thinker. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, and then um, the other matter of uh, shutting down the plants and then no more drilling. Mm-hmm. It's twisted. Uh, oh, again. So it's he was the journalist's fault. He's talking about a specific wildlife refuge. No more drilling for oil. Uh, but does he see that as being in conflict with his efforts to lower gas prices? 
So, no, we don't see that in conflict. Look, the president was asked about new drilling in the Arctic. Uh, and when the Trump administration opened uh, the Arctic refuge for drilling, not a single major oil company actually bid on the sale. And so there is no shortage uh, of opportunity for these companies to produce oil here in the United States. They're sitting on 9,000, you've heard us talk about this, 9,000 unused but approved uh, drilling permits. He was in New York. Right. And he, Yonkers. And he wasn't questioned. He was heckled by one of these crazy climate protesters that's normally, you know, throwing... Uh, Crazy glue on their hands and sticking themselves to a yeah, rip. or whipped potatoes at a you know Monet or something. I can't remember who the artist was, but anyway, no more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new drilling. And he's but clearly Man, you're he's being asked about words. he's being asked about Anwar. Obviously, <laughs> it's a limited response to an an interrogatory um. about Anwar. What? These people have a basketball court to tape themselves to. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, I, I mean, I really, really enjoy Karine Jean-Pierre. I, I, she needs to talk more. <laughs> more questions. Okay. Primetime press conferences is what I want. Okay. David in Winnetka. Yeah, good morning, guys. I, uh, today's a big day. Um, uh-huh. I used to live out in Southern California, and when I listened to these things with Biden and, 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 and Pierre, it, it reminded me of uh, there was a disc jockey out there named Tom Likas who every Thursday night would play experts, experts, excerpts from uh, from Jesse Jack, Jackson's press releases. Like, and they sound like, <laughs> may we dance your dates. And then his followers would call in. If he gets a sentence, you won, you know, you'd win like a dinner out or somewhere. And it was really funny. And that John Pierre, you're absolutely, yeah, she's so entertaining. It's, uh, she sounds like she's trying to explain her way out of a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. But officer. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, maybe two drinks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they were two hours apart, so uh, it's legal. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the other thing I noticed, too, in the closing arguments uh, the last week into the weekend's, uh, and and VDH wrote about this too over at American Greatness, the uh, Democrat Socialist Pantheon. Y- you know, Bill and Hillary and Barack and right. Joe. Yeah, the gang. Yeah, got the gang back together. Four, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is the Pantheon. This is the last uh, three decades of Democrat Socialist leadership in this country: Bill and Hillary, and Barack and Joe. And you know where they were. In mostly blue states, but what? Exclusively. Well, Barack, they sent Barack to Phoenix and to Nevada, but that was it. But it wouldn't but, let Biden go to any of those key swing states. And obviously Hillary, because she's box office poison. But but um, but it, but he, even Obama, he's he's a, a not a headliner. No, he's not. It's it's, it's, it's all his time has passed. It's all so stale. But they couldn't even fill stadiums. I mean, think about it. Well, folks. that's 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 sort of my point. Well, it, it's it, also an stale. elementary school gym in Joliet, and it wasn't filled. That's bad. And they bust people there to be there. Well, I mean, you know, and and when you know this is your closing argument, um, you're in deep bandini. Nobody's saying the world is ended. You did the say there, though, ended. it could be the end of the world. The no. Democracy will be ended. Mm. The world will continue to exist. The world was here before Hitler. The world was here after Hitler. 
Yeah. Oh, bring up Hitler. Yeah, uh. Jim Clyburn. You know, like how the world survived Hitler, the world will survive a Republican-controlled Congress, but we just won't have a representative republic in America anymore. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro. Angeline, taking your phone calls all morning long. You can also text us at 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. Chuck in Delavan, Wisconsin. How was the uh, how how was the thirsty parrot over the weekend? I couldn't make it up there. Oh no no thirsty parrots tonight. Oh, oh. I see. Thirsty parrot is tonight. I see. And uh, that's when we're going to have the big uh, party because I'm going to win. This is why I can run for Congress. The biggest coke plant in the world that cooks coal <clears throat> is owned by Eli Lilly, and what they do is they cook coal and they distill it and they make benzene, phenol. Naphtha, anything toluene, that's how they get drugs. If you shut down all the coal manufacturing, you will have no pharmaceutical companies in the United States. That's how stupid these people are. Eli Lilly does not make steel. They take the cooked coal, which is coke, and they send it north and they sell it to the steel mills. All the steel mills that have coal, they take and they have their own distilling factories in the coke plant. This is why these people are stupid. If you stop coal production, you will not have any drugs. So that's how idiotic they are. See you at the Thirsty Parrot tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> Chuck. Okay, hey, Chuck. I think. Okay. He's, you know, Chuck has these moments of clarity that are just it's sort of interesting. And I like, you know, his dissertation on the energy sector followed by See You at the Thirsty Parrot. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If you're looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. DOJ will monitor polls in 24 states to ensure voting law compliance. Big announcement from uh, Merrick Garland and the Goon Squad at the Department of Justice. Uh, and then a press release carrying on about the Voting Rights Act of 1965 and what the Civil Rights Division and DOJ is going to do. And among the states, they'll be uh, allegedly having a footprint, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, these swing states, and so on and so forth. You know, all of this uh, uh, in anticipation of... 
uh, to in order to prevent the political violence and in order to ensure that votes are not suppressed. And there's a free and safe election, not only for the voters, Dan, but for the poll workers. This is all boogeyman stuff. Yeah, I'm all for fine. Have a security presence, have lawyers on standby in case there are questions or concerns or incidents. But the idea the idea they're trying to create here is there's some systemic movement afoot to undermine by any means necessary, including violence, free and fair elections. You know how Looney Tune it is? How bad? I mean, what I heard yesterday, I, I can't remember what cable station is like. This is the first election since the insurrection. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. You know how Looney Tune it is? Politico. Yeah. Tweeting out Monday. The 2020 presidential election was rife with allegations of voting machine hacks that were later debunked. Yeah, that was 2020. However, there are real risks that hackers could tunnel into voting equipment and other election infrastructure to try and undermine Tuesday's vote. Oh, I I see. So the system's vulnerabilities, susceptibility (laughs) to hacking, they did not exist in 2020, but they do exist in 2022. And in in the event that the election goes the way it is going to go, which is a red wedding election, uh-huh. then we need an investigation into the voting machines. Look, uh, uh, calling Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, please call Politico. I mean, honestly, they are just so shameless. I mean, so Hillary shameless. Clinton already saying, too, you know, this election is going to be rigged. And like, what? What? Every, every every election has been rigged. She said the same thing about, I don't know, the last three elections. And, of course, she's and she's already saying that 2024 is going to be rigged. So, I mean, she's she is out front on that. Uh, and, and here Trump's too, not a legitimate president. Yeah. On the security thing. Yes. Yeah, the safety, you know, because uh, Kim Fox's aunt can't go to her polling place or something. She doesn't feel comfortable. And I said, well, what did you what do you, what's going to happen to her? What is she expecting to happen? She's like, Amy, she just doesn't feel comfortable. She doesn't feel safe with the climate of this country that has been going on. And then she went, laddie that, and then went to hypnotize world, and then came back around, and then walked out the door. Boone County, Illinois. Oh, this is the greatest. County place. seat, Belvedere. So out Rockford Way, but not Rockford. I heard about this. Five small panic buttons that fit into the palm of your hand are hidden around the Boone County Clerk's Office in Belvedere. It's just best for everybody to be vigilant, said the county clerk. Yeah, we have a society that's very on edge with these elections, the clerk added. Has, have there been threats? No. no exactly, you, same with Brown. You know why? Because it's Boone County, Illinois. That's why there haven't been threats. Five small panic How about How about every polling place will have a panic room? Where, you know, uh, like Jodie Foster, they can dive in if somebody yeah, the breaches the polling place with like a MAGA hat on or something. And they showed Channel 7, showed where these five panic buttons were. They look like garage door openers, one's underneath her desk, one's in her hand, just in case. Come on. I mean. <laughs> just get a grip, you guys. Panic this is buttons. all just Democratic pablum. I mean. Brown, let's just, I know you don't want to hear it, but this is the plan for today for Chicago police. Now, Chicago police officers, do you know that you're doing this? Chicago has approximately 2,000 polling places, and our officers will be paying special attention to 
each of those 2,000 sites. Officers will check each polling place during their shifts. As part of our robust plan, we continue to collaborate with the Cook County Board of Elections to identify areas where officers will have fixed posts to ensure areas are safe and secure. And we'll be providing security to warehouses where election equipment is being stored, as well as providing security through uh, early voting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, first of all, there's 946, not 2,000 voting places. And they don't have the manpower. And there's no, you know, they didn't cancel days off today. So no, the police officers that I know, we don't even know what he's talking about. That you're going to take them off the streets, that there's murder and mayhem on the streets every day. Somebody gets shot and killed and have them watch polling places. No, they're not doing that. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Lies, when more it, lies. Here's the other thing, too. When it comes to ballot integrity, free and fair elections. You know, the incidence of incompetence or worse from election officials, those charged with the administration of elections. You know, we had this in the primary. We mentioned it, for example, in Harris County, Texas, where the um, uh, election administrator resigned after, oops, forgot to count 10,000 ballots. Oh, Oops. Yeah. Election officials announcing um, that thousands of mail-in ballots had been mistakenly left off the county's vote tally. Oops, 10,000. And it's 6,000 Democrat, 4,000 Republicans. So I'm not even – I'm not alleging any sort of conspiracy to alter the outcome, you know, in favor of the Democrats in, in Houston or anything like this. But I'm just saying t- competent, comp- competence. You know, sometimes it's skullduggery, sometimes in- incompetence. Sometimes it's a combination of the two. But the idea that the people in charge of administering the elections are beyond reproach and to question them or to provide oversight is to be engaged in black helicopter conspiracies that are undermining our democracy is absurd. In here in Illinois, Friday evening, Champaign County Associate Judge Anna Benjamin signed a TRO against Champaign County Clerk Aaron Ammons, and Deputy Clerk Michelle Jett. It's not just for Cook County anymore. Why, you ask? Thank you for asking. Why? The court found that Deputy Clerk Champaign County, you know, good, big big county, top 15 in terms of population. The county found that Deputy Clerk Michelle Jett had unsealed official ballots in her personal unattended motor vehicle and that circulation of official ballots outside the chain of custody and controls Threatens the integrity of elections. Yeah, no kidding. She's opening ballots in her car? It also found that the verified allegations stated in the complaint established plain from public have a protectable interest in the threat and so on and so forth. So this is why uh, there's a restraining order against the Champaign County clerk, a person in charge of election administration there in central Illinois. You probably saw the story north of the Cheddar Curtain in Milwaukee, where they've got at least you know two hotly contested statewide races and a lot of local races, Ron Johnson for Senate against right. Mandela Barnes, Michaels versus Evers. Kimberly Zapata, fired by Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson, improperly obtained military ballots. She's now facing three counts of election fraud involving absentee ballots, one felony count of misconduct. What she did was... Request absentee ballots to people who hadn't requested them, military, 
on, on, uh, military absentee ballots. Right. Because she wanted to show how easy it is to commit fraud in this manner. Now, um, you know, that's I, I, I get the stress test on the system. That's obviously not the way to do it, to break the law. And she's been disciplined. But I mean, but there's so there's two things. There's one that you have an election official that would be so reckless with the law. Number two, that she did actually demonstrate how easy it is to commit fraud in obtaining military ballots in Milwaukee. But if you raise these issues, you're uh, okay. Uh, Oh, this from CNN reporting over a thousand absentee ballots in Cobb County, Georgia. You may have heard there's a couple hotly contested races there being mailed out. Saturday morning, as of, like, this past Saturday, just days before the election due to procedural errors in the elections office, Cobb County, local, critical mistakes were made, and at least two days in October, absentee ballots were requested but not created. More than 1,000 requests absentee ballots were never mailed, and now they're trying to correct this in the 11th hour. So maybe, you know, this is an example of one of the reasons why, depending on how close some of these races are, we may not know for days, as the big guy said. November 22nd here in Illinois, because you can count ballots up to 14 days after today, which is so fraught with And Fetterman in Pennsylvania is suing to have misdated mail-in ballots counted. I'm just saying, you know, all this, you know, panic buttons in Boone County, you know, meanwhile, don't pay attention to actually the quality of the work, the quality of the administration being provided by state and local officials when it comes to elections. Where where is the real threat? Uh-huh. Matt Monk Greenwood. Is there a way to vilify Republicans? Good morning, Dan and Amy. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Dan, you're spot on. This is just a distraction to keep people's minds away from the real problems. I voted yesterday, um, down in Mount Greenwood, and it was truly a slice of America, two-hour wait, elderly people in wheelchairs, not a problem, not a sign of security there. Everything was done well and orderly. There wasn't any Madigan thugs out there for the first time ever either, i got to tell you that much. So uh-huh. it went well, and people just can't be, you know, <clears throat> caught in the net of their stupidity. It's a shame. What do you think? Gonna, day, wait, 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 wait. What do you think is going to happen in yeah. Mount – what do you think is going to happen in Mount Greenwood? Are these uh, – you know, that's uh, obviously first responders, but it's uh, it's union as well. Are they going to be able to bring themselves to vote for Darren Bailey? Well, I'll tell you this, Dan. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, worker right act signs up there, which is just, it just makes me sick to my stomach because the government unions are ruining it for the private sector unions. We all know that. But... I did not see one JB sign up in Mount Greenwood, not one, and uh, only in uh, only in the peripherals, the 111th Street, things of that nature. And I saw a guy pulling signs yesterday, and uh, I stopped in the median. I literally pulled over in the median. I'm like, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" He goes, "I'm just straightening it out, pal. I'm not taking them out." <laughs> so he was he was actually handling Bailey signs. You make them more prevalent because they put oh, okay. they put JB signs all over the place. So. He was doing the right thing. He gave me the thumbs up, and I went on my way. Very good. All right. Thanks for the call, Matt. Candace, Mount Pleasant. Yeah, I remember when I used to start calling when I was living on the south side. I tried to be a ballot judge down there, and they wouldn't let me. They would literally hang up on my phone calls, or they would try to send me to some meeting that had nothing to do with being a ballot judge. And um, then, you know, when I moved to, to Page County, I started doing this stuff. 
where I live now is so orderly. She's the ma- the woman who runs it is amazing, and she pits people together who she thinks will watch each other. So the last time from the primary, there were so many uh, new volunteers, so that was really encouraging. All right, so, very good. You. Mount Pleasant gets Candace uh, from Mount Pleasant. Stand, uh, good housekeeping seal. Good to know we won't have problems in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> All right, Tom and Palos Heights. Good morning, Dan and Amy. I just wanted to tell you, I'd like to start the day off upbeat and positive. I was at the uh, Bourbon Street uh, rally for uh, Bailey last night. And let me tell you something. It was run perfectly. The The announcer there made the statement that the uh, there are more Republican voters in Cook County. I never knew that. So we just got to get Cook County out there. And uh, when Bailey got up, he stated that uh, he is going to stop this uh, safety act. The place was just going crazy with him there. All right. We had a great time. And there's no worry about, you come out to the suburbs and vote or whatever. We don't have to worry about the uh, people stealing signs or causing havoc. We're okay. Okay, good. All right. Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate Thanks, Tom. it. Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Rich. Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning, Amy. Morning. Uh, I just want—I just wanted to ask you. Uh, there's a there's a handful of states that are going to uh, give the majority to the Democrats or the Republicans. I wonder if you have any opinions on these states if I give them to you. Go ahead. Arizona. Who do, who do you think Arizona? Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake one's going away, and she drags Blake Masters over the finish line as well. Okay. What about uh, Hellboy and Oz? Uh. uh uh, Oz, uh, but probably not Mastriano. So uh, the Senate race, yes, that's a pickup. I mean, it's a hold, I should say. What, yeah. What about uh, Warnock and uh, Walker? Herschel Walker uh, and Brian Kemp wins going away. Stacey Abrams will be free to uh, play outside linebacker for the Bears after today. And uh, she, yeah, she is. Uh, she's done. I mean, I think Kemp probably wins by double digits, and and Walker wins too. What about Pick Wisconsin? Up. What, what about Wisconsin? Ryan? Ron Johnson wins, and I think Michaels ekes it out too. Really? Yep. And what about Ryan in uh, in uh, Ohio? Vance. Oh my gosh, JD Vance is JD Vance is going to win by double digits. Uh, that that race is over. He may get to Dewine numbers. That race really? is. It, Ohio is a red state. All this oh, Tim Ryan is within two points. Never going to happen. I told. I said this the other day. Thanks for the call, Rich. You you met, missed one too. Nevada, uh, Laxalt wins. That's a pickup. Lombardo wins the governor's race. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be on a population vote basis similar to 2010 and similar to 1994 which is about a seven-point spread. And, and people are voting. And, so, and, re- and remember, I mentioned this the other day. You're starting from a higher floor, so you've got a lower ceiling. You're starting from 212 seats in the House, so you're not going to get 60 like you did in, in 10 or 54 like you get, did in 94. But you're going to get to about the same place in terms of total uh, Republicans and, and their majority. I think you're seeing I think you're gonna see 35 House seats, and I think you're going to see 54 in the Senate. I mean, these these uh, this is this is a snowball rolling downhill, and it has been for the last week. These what were perceived as close races are now being extended. Uh, Vance is at the top of that list, 
And those Senate races are, you know, with with independence breaking for the Republican Party with that sort of popular vote spread nationally that will be necessarily visited in the swing races in the swing states. It's happening. And don't forget, I mean, we treat Georgia and Arizona like they're these swing states. They're they they lean pretty decidedly GOP and have historically 20, the anomalous 2020 election notwithstanding. So this is going, you know, New York and, and Illinois. I don't know. You know, can people who have the majority view in this state and New York, which Democrats, that's the majority party, supermajority party, really, by the numbers. Can they see themselves past their own delusion to vote for their personal safety? In other words, they think, oh, things, things, I have to say things are fine because all of my guys are in charge. Mm-hmm. So how, how can I have all of our people in charge and say the state's on the wrong track? But can you bring yourself to look at what's actually happening, you know, accept the reality of what's happening and the need to make a change? I don't know. I don't know. But in those swing states that lean red normally, forget about it. They're coming in. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. How fundamentally dishonest the press corps is. The phony... Or, if I could borrow a word from Crane's headline, the faux Chicago press corps across the board, business beat, real estate beat, sports beat, obviously political beat, how phony, how faux they are, pretending that they're not the comm shop for the Democrat Socialist Party. Fundamentally dishonest. I mentioned this yesterday, got an email from Dennis Rodkin, who's the residential real estate reporter for Cranes. And, I, and you know, I, I know his work. We've, we've mentioned some of his work before because he's written on property taxes, um, good pieces on property taxes, you know, sort yeah. of a pet issue of mine, as you know. And you wrote him back an honest email that was like, you're 
goodbye letter to Chicago. Well, he he called because I sold my condo downtown in September, and so he wanted he had some questions about that just because that's what he does. But um, but here's what he said in the email, soliciting my response. I want to emphasize here that I'm a fact-based news reporter, not an opinion writer. The story will, like all my stories on high-profile people who buy and sell, give the facts about the transaction and a description of the person's reason for prominence. That is to say, there is no criticism of you or your work, only a straightforward description of it. That's what he wrote to me. And so, I, you know, and I said, yeah, I, I know your work and I, I trust it. And so, okay, fine. And then I went on to explain, as I read yesterday, um, you know, why you're what, leaving. What I saw, well, you know, why I sold, why I didn't buy again. And I know what the reaction is uh, from the political ruling class, and that's fine, you know, but that, that attitude is just going to have more people hitting the, uh, hitting the exit door in the state. Okay. Um, and, then the news alert comes out. Oh, no. And what's the headline of the story? Oh, no. Do I want to know? Conservative activist behind faux newspapers is oh. done living in Illinois. Uh, Dan Prof, radio host, critic of Dem politicians. He has not bought or rented another home here since selling his Lake Point Tower condo, nor will I, he tells Cranes. Well, that's true. And the actual story itself, <laughs> the actual story that uh, Dennis Rockin wrote is fine. It's the headline. Well, obviously, and uh, and you know, I, I, I those who know, I know what you're going to say. Well, he doesn't write the headline, and I know he doesn't write the headline. The editor does. So I sent him a note once this was blasted out. Really, Dennis, and don't give me the I don't write the headlines business. I don't comment on your work. You said straight news. You said. And you let the editor get away with that smear headline? So dishonest. That was my email to him. And his email to me, to his credit, but it doesn't change the fundamental nature of what happened here and what it tells you about the anti-business business business rag, Crane Chicago business for rent seekers in Chicago. That's what it's for. And, you know, prurient interests. How much much did this guy make? Who's... Climbing the corporate ladder in this sector? Cares. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a gossip rag. Pathetic. His response to my, really, Dennis? Is that living up to what you offered me when you contacted me? To his credit, he said, I don't like it as much as you don't like it, Dan. It really is true that I don't write the headlines applies here. Nobody ran it past me, and when I saw it, I pitched a fit on Slack. I completely understand that it undermines my promise of objectivity. The editors are going to change it, but the damage is done. They sent it out as a news blast. All I can do to you is a, all I can do for you is apologize. I appreciate your input on the story. Hope for a better outcome next time. So okay, so Dennis was a stand-up guy. That's fine. Did the editors change the headline? No, I don't think so. Let's go find out. I don't think so. Unless my know. my link is stale, I don't I don't see a headline change. But nor would I expect it. But they're not, it's not fake newspapers. They've been around for seven years. It doesn't even matter. Well, it bothers me. It does, what, what matters is you said, I don't comment on your work. I just describe what you do. And then the editor, the editor there does the smear job because they can't resist. They can't resist. Fine. Doesn't. And I'm not doing this like, woe is me. I don't care. No, I know. <laughs> I don't care. 
But if they can smear me, even when they're own reporter promises objectivity, promises this is how it's going to be, and they come over the top of their own guy because they can't resist the smear. It should tell you something about the kind of esteem you should afford them, and it should tell you something that anytime they smear almost anybody, you should be skeptical. They haven't changed the headline, by the way. Of course not. Of course not. That well, the editors so are going to change it. So juicy! It's the eve of the election. Come on. And the real story in there too. And I was mentioning this. I had the opportunity to speak to a, a group of employees at MK, which is a, a trucking operation in Itasca yesterday. And uh, so I, I mentioned the, this story, but only because you know when they do these real estate stories. Here's how much he sold his condo for in Lake Point Tower, and here's how much his home in Florida is worth. And that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I know people get like, oh, it's so personal, so invasive, whatever. It's public public record, whatever. I don't care. But the real story is the real great piece, the jumping off point for the story, once you get past this smear job, and just, just, again, so you understand the ethics of these so-called journalists, faux journalists, if you will. The real story is... My place in Lake Point Tower that I had for 16 years and sold for nominally more than I paid for it. So because you had it for 16 years. Nominally more, and so that's a that's a that's a loss, obviously, right. when you adjust for inflation, real dollars. That's a big loss. But regardless, happy to get nominally more for it because it's a terrible real estate market, as we talked about yesterday. But the the piece we didn't talk about. So I sold my condo at Lake Point Tower for 415 grand. My home in Florida is valued at two point three million. It's actually more than that. What? That happened quickly. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I remember when you bought it. When you're when it's it ama- was... it's amazing what happens <laughs> when places are growing and there's demand for land. Are you are you kidding me? So so here's the thing. My property taxes. Property taxes on Lake Point Tower four fifteen for eleven hundred square feet. Property taxes uh, for home in Naples, 2.3, let's use their number, which is low, 2.3 million for 1,600 square feet. They're the same. My property taxes are the same. Wow. At Lake Point Tower and Naples. That's the story. Uh, Hello? Is this thing on? Which is what I was telling these employees. You may not believe... What's happening? Again, like we were talking about right at the end of the hour. You may not. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I, these, the, everybody in charge is who I wanted in charge. So how can I not be unhappy with what's happening? I can't bring myself to be unhappy. I can't bring myself to admit this is a catastrophe. Okay, don't. But get ready for some things that are going to be difficult to ignore when they happen to you. Like your kids leaving. Uh, like the price you get for your home when it is time to sell if you don't plan on dying there. I, I mean, that... That's... Um... And it was it was fun because it sparked this great conversation. I mean, these are all, you know, professional people, and it was across all the different departments and sales and logistics and IT and stuff. So we had some great conversations at MK in Itasca about all of this stuff. And it just... I it just There's just like this this block with many who know better that are part of the supermajority party in places like Illinois and New York, but they just cannot bring themselves to acknowledge. I guess they can't bring themselves to acknowledge they made a mistake 
or that the party to which they're affiliated really hasn't served them very well. They just can't bring themselves to do it. Will they today? I don't know. I'm shocked know. at how your property increased so quickly by so much. But everybody's moving there, so makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody goes to Naples anymore. So crowded. This is the Yogi Bear alive, right? You can't go to that restaurant. Nobody goes to that restaurant anymore. It's too crowded. Too crowded. Yeah, that's Naples. Yeah. And and other places too. But I mean, yeah. I mean you oh, I, no. I, I, I was talking Bonita to Springs, my I was, friend moved to I was talking to a guy from um Barrington, you know, talk comparing his house in Barrington, which is, you know, modest for Barrington standards, um, to the this uh home he bought in Arizona a few years ago. That's tripled in value. Property taxes there are $2,400 and in Barrington. My mom is 700 a year, and she lives in a three-bedroom house. She's lived there right. for 30 years, right. and it's, her house is beautiful. And then they Can re- you imagine? And they reduced, no, the, mar- I'm sorry, they reduced the marginal income tax rate in, in Arizona, too. A, a Jared Polis, the Democrat governor of Colorado, who is my one, a dark horse candidate for me for their nominee, um, he said the other day, uh, as they're working to reduce taxes again in Colorado, that the state income tax in Colorado should be zero. Jared Polis, Democrat. No. But here, is Jared Polis, is he part of, uh, is he a right-wing extremist? Is he a threat to democracy because he wants to cut taxes? He's smart. I just, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. I know the revolt will come because it comes for everyone when you hurt as many people for as long as has happened in Illinois. I just don't know if it'll be today. Uh, but the longer it takes, the more vicious it's going to be. I know that. Marge on the northwest side. Hi, I'm actually calling for somebody else. He went to the polls yesterday, and he said the Illinois Supreme Court candidates were not on the ballot. Well, um, it, he may not be in their districts. It's, they're not statewide races. Yeah, I said, I said it might not be in district. And you guys are talking about these Democrats who um, will not admit that they made a mistake. I live with one, and to this day, he will not say I made a mistake. To this day, he will not say anything like that. Marge, good Marge, throw him out. No, no. Throw him out. Throw him out of that house. No, no, Marge. There's a lot of people who are married who have different political views. Marge, you've carried that dead weight for long enough. (laughs) Make Make him apologize, if you know what I mean. What, like diamonds? I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a long list of things you could do to apologize. Uh, I just want somebody to say, you know what? You were right. Yeah. We were right. That's all. I mean, honestly, because I have PTS COVID, that's all I want. Don in Naples. Oh, Naples. Hey. Oh, hey, Naples. Yeah, Naples. Dan and Amy, nice uh, talking to you. I've listened to you down here for the past couple of years. I've fled Chicago successfully about a year and a half ago. Imagine that. We built a home down here. I'm just just kind of sharing your your, your numbers with you. We built a house down here, built a house down here for about 700,000. And now it's worth about Mm 1.6. And we're paying, we pay, we just got our tax bill for the county and we're at 5,000. And in Chicago for our condo in the South Loop, (laughs) we were paying close to about $13,000. Right. Yeah. And then you still had, you know, your monthly fees, too. Thanks for the call, Don. To yeah. stay in the condo. I mean, there's just so, so you have taxes, then you have that, and just add up, and then you have parking, and then you have lawlessness, and it's... Somebody asked me, um, at MK, um, you know, what was the moment? What was the the last straw sort of thing? Get out. And I said, 
wasn't a last straw thing because, you know, you got to think about it for a while because you, you were thinking about something over several years that I never thought I would be thinking, right. which is I'm going to make my home somewhere else, like my residence, primary residence somewhere else. And But I said, you know what? You go down there, you get around a little bit, and I, some people have deluded themselves to think this is the is this is as good as it gets, and and I, I've said this before. If I could just summarize it in one sentence, the difference between Chicago and some place like Naples, and Naples is the only place that fits this description. Everything in Chicago is a hassle, right? Everything. It's a shakedown. Mm-hmm. Everything in Naples is pleasant, mm-hmm. and you know what? Pleasant's good. Pleasant is just, you don't appreciate the premium uh, that's associated with pleasant as compared to hassle and shakedown. But there's a real premium. And you hear people from here who live in Arizona or Dallas or, or Utah, like we're Nashville, end up in Utah. St. George, people Utah. Yeah. So friendly. And pleasant. it's easy. They easy. don't have admissions tests for you. For, they don't have all these extra hidden fees for this and this. A city, a county, a state tax. It's just simple. And taxes are. But I didn't I, want to tell you about property tax because I don't want people moving there. But uh, everybody right, goes to right. yeah, No, I right. really, it's the fastest growing county in the United States, Washington County, Utah. And I just, you guys could just stay away. Yeah, okay. please. I get it. I don't need to see any New York plates, any Illinois, California. Ugh. I get it. Don't California my Utah. I get it. I get it. But but is the, the, this is as good as it gets? That's what the supermajority party in Illinois and New York is saying? Really? And And you're willing to... You're willing to jeopardize your personal safety to keep up appearances? We're going to find out. Got a really nice text message. Dan and Amy, never forget how the Democrats destroyed Illinois with their lockdown policies during COVID and how they allowed lawlessness to flourish during the 2020 crime wave summer of hell on earth. Today is a a once-in-a-lifetime chance to send a resounding message vote them all out yeah that's right i mean we mentioned this before but uh the pritzker purge law is a direct result of the lawlessness during the summer of 2020 when uh, the, the city was allowed to be laid siege to by pritzker and lightfoot and fox and then that was the predicate to blow up the criminal justice system mm-hmm. take what you want stand down orders letting people who rented u-hauls Back their U-Hauls up into fancy designer stores and taking whatever the hell they wanted out of it. And we defer to them. And we couldn't play football, but you could do this. We defer to them, and then we defer to the political ruling class to to pass and sign the most lenient criminal law in the country. Mm. Not my words, Jim Glasgow's words, the Will County State's Attorney. Democrat. You going to defer again today? We'll see. Chris in Blue Island. Dan, my uh, my boss has a saying. Um, sometimes you can't. Uh, oh, all the time. You can't argue with stupid. If you um, if you just lack simple common sense, there's a lot of things. There's there's just nothing you can do or say to that person. But you should just be happy that you're out. Yeah. Um, because really, with the elections today, it's just kind of silly. Like, look at all the major categories. They're three-way races with an incumbent being a Democrat. That's like, that's almost impossible. The statistics of that are, and then you have the South Suburbs. You literally have state representatives running and on the ballot against nobody. Yeah. Like Jonathan Jackson, Alexi Janulius. Are you serious? Really? Uh, Vote for Dan Brady. Thanks for the call, Chris. Allie G, give me a break. Matt Midway. 
Uh, good morning, Danny. Uh, I didn't uh, want to be on the show. I just wanted to call and give some information. I just went to uh, my polling place at uh, 59th and Central by Midway. Uh, I got there about 6:10, and they said uh, they're not ready for me. Come back in a half hour. So I just wanted to report that. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, Sorry, I- we're close, but come back. Come back in for a while. It's like the Powerball last night. You know, they had some technical issues. Like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow morning sometime. Yeah. Come back in for a while. Well, I have a job to go to. Well, come back before polls close. Well, I can't get back from my job before polls close. Okay, well, you don't get to vote. Uh, is that voter suppression? Uh, is that incompetence? Like is that incompetence constitute voter suppression? Anyone? Anyone? And today's a state holiday, by the way. No one. Teachers don't have to work. Uh, Secretary White's office is closed. Bill, LaSalle County. I just wanted to report my uh, local precinct, Northville, Northville 3 in uh, LaSalle County. Both your electronic uh, receptacle machines are currently not working. So you just have to drop your ballot into the bottom box where it just uh, is, you know, in a locked loose container. But none of the machines, neither of the two machines in this particular polling place are, are electronically accepting the filled in ballots. Uh, you better call Voter your county clerk. Yeah, they know the, the most bill. Republicans vote on election day. Dun dun dun. That's right, Mike Plano. Hey guys, happy election day, uh, Dan. I wanted to get your thoughts on where you think the race stands out here in District 14 with Underwood and Grider. And uh, the reason I ask is because uh, I a month ago, and uh, Dan, you and I both agree that Grider needed to run a more aggressive campaign, and uh, sadly he hasn't. You know, he doesn't have a strong ground game. He lacks money. He's getting outspent 10 to 1. Plus, he, you know, he's, let's be real, he's not a, uh, a conservative reform, a populist, or a challenge of political ruling class type of guy. He is a uh, sort of combine Republican, and uh, he's mm. rather uninspiring. So. Yeah, but I, and and as, uh, as, vulnerable, as vulnerable as Underwood may be, I mean, who the Republican candidate is out here still matters. And, uh, Sadly, I'm just not confident in his ability to win, and I'm starting to tell people out here to start getting serious about who your candidate choices are as they keep nominating these uh, establishment Republican types. So, if you give me hope, Dan, that'd be great. I, I mean, it's a fifth. I'm I don't I don't exactly agree with your characterization of Grider. I've known him for a long time from when he was at Kendall County Young Republicans. I mean, he's not uh, uh, the insurgent that uh, that I, I you know you that you necessarily that you perhaps would otherwise prefer me too, but I, I don't think he's a combine guy. I mean, I think he is a conservative. Um, I think those races, I think that the Pecal, Grider, and Lauf, you know, my best knowledge is that those are all margin of error races. So at this point, you know, you're talking about uh, a bit of an imponderable. It's what's the composition of the electorate today? And what kind of surge do Republicans get on this election day? to make up for the deficit they come into Election Day with per early voting, mail, uh, mail-in voting. I don't, I don't know. Do the 320,000 or a significant percentage of 320,000 Trump voters who skipped the midterms in 2018, do they vote today, in, just in Illinois? Uh, do they vote? That's such a huge number. It is oh a big God. number. Do they vote they, today? They have to vote. And do they vote? So they, do, they, do they come out in the suburbs, not just in... Southern Illinois, they come out in the suburbs. Um, God, I hope so. Don't know. Don't know. But I know that these races are all within the margin. 
I know that going into today. So now we see who turns out, and that will tell the tale. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Karine Jean-Pierre. I I just, I can't get enough, especially when she talks about uh, the issue that's really in her wheelhouse. Uh, She's a bit of an energy policy expert. I don't know if you picked up on this. So it was great. She loves alternate energy, yes. Great to have her her, uh, explain what... uh, Mr. Ten Percent, the big guy, President Biden said over the weekend about shutting down coal plants and stopping drilling. Um, this in response to an inquiry from Phil Wegman at RealClearPolitics.com was my favorite extended dissembling. Thank you. You said that the president is fighting for coal communities, um, but just to follow up, that doesn't mean that he's fighting to keep these coal mines open, does it? Look, the president, I I laid out very clearly about how the president sees um, uh, sees his his part in this uh, and what he has done. Uh, you know, he has, he has uh, uh, you know, through the work of together, working group KJP. on coal and power plant communities, President Biden has already delivered more than $23 billion to energy communities across the country. Uh, he has put energy forward plans that are bringing new energy and manufacturing jobs to states like West Virginia, to states like Pennsylvania. And he has secured critical investment through the Inflation Reduction Act to support coal communities as well. Uh, which he believes is incredibly important, which is why it was included in an Inflation Reduction Act. And that's from funding for coal miners suffering from respiratory challenges to billions of dollars in loans to help them seize new energy opportunities. So, again, you know, I mentioned this. I just say, laid this out. While we're trying to help coal communities, while we're trying to do everything that we can uh, to make sure that uh, uh, they have the funding that they need, Republicans, that very same uh, same uh, policy, same uh, monies that I just laid out, Inflation Reduction Act, which is where it's coming from, Republicans want to repeal that, taking away the efforts that we're trying to, uh, to provide for uh, coal communities. So that sounds like you're helping them as the market through economic transition is moving away from coal. That doesn't sound like you're taking any deregulatory efforts or any steps to help the, the mines themselves stay open. Is that correct? Look, I've been very clear. The president's been very clear on this. I uh, don't exhausted. have anything more to add. Uh, again, we believe what he was trying to say was twisted, uh, and we've laid that down very clearly. You heard from my statement. You heard from what I just say, it said here today. Um, How twist those uh, words? He said we're shutting those plants down. Go ahead. I love him. Who is that? I want to send him a card. That uh, now supplants my second, uh, what what is now my second favorite riff on energy policy this election cycle. I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Yep. Okay, very good. Thank you, Hodar Fetterman. But I mean, back to... You know, Biden comments like that are the reason why America, they're losing faith and trust in him. I mean, we losing faith and trust. Well, completely. 
yeah. It's been a roadie for a while. You have to be pretty, pretty, pretty dyed in the wool to have faith in this POTUS. You have to be in a state of uh, preternatural self-delusion. But didn't you tell us yesterday that you didn't you poll Illinoisans about, you know, it's a country heading in the right direction? And No, the state. The state. The I'm state. Great, the state. The state. And? And it's... Uh, forty-seven, fifty-three, wrong direction. Oh my God! So it's basically fifty-fifty in Illinois, the worst governed state in American history. And they think we're heading in the right direction. Okay, so, so well, there you go. Right, but but again, we have, are afflicted with something much more potent than COVID, the most virulent strain of Stockholm syndrome in the Western world. Uh, for more on this, somebody not afflicted, though he is an Illinois resident for now. The business Jim, owner. Yeah, for now. Jim Urio, Fox Business Analyst, a proprietor of Brands in Palatine. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's. We're going to reduce energy prices by by not drilling and shutting down coal plants, um, but we're going yeah. to provide uh, funding for coal communities to learn how to code. Yeah, and even something else she said in that too, like, like the yeah, funding for people suffering from I believe it's black lung disease, which is is noble as heck, but it doesn't address the problem that we're talking about. When Reagan took office um, back in the uh, in the late seventies, eighties, we had gone for decades of cost push inflation, meaning that input costs, i.e., energy, were fueling the inflation. He did three things. He had Paul Volcker raise rates, uh, cut inflation. But then the two most important things was he lowered regulation and he increased uh, motivation to open up trading partners around the globe. We have an administration that's doing the opposite on two fronts. They're increasing regulation. And when she dodges a question like, what are you doing to increase coal production? She says, we're paying for um, people to take care of their black lung disease. I mean, that's just an asinine statement. We've heard speeches in the last two weeks he took, not only did he say he was going to shut down coal plants, he, he said he was going to replace them with wind farms and painted this beautiful, beautiful utopian picture about how they use the same infrastructure that's set up, but the wind farms would be generating the power instead of the coal. The problem with that is the technology doesn't exist to do that. Secondly, we all heard him say yesterday, no, I mean Sunday, no drilling, no more drilling, which brings back just how um, completely – multiple personalities this this administration has in the same week about six months ago they literally talked about an actual bill that denied access to capital markets denied access to lending markets to any fossil fuel companies and then they called all the individual ceos to ask why they weren't producing more oil this is this is unbelievably ridiculous but the the overarching theme is that they think we as a people are too stupid to understand the shell game that they're doing here. And my greatest fear, the things me, that keeps me up at night is, are they right? Well, is there any corporate greed going on? Cause that's what they keep saying that this, you know, this oh, is happening because so. part of, yeah. I mean, yeah. Corporate greed is what lifts us out of the cave. Corporate greed is literally my favorite thing. I could line up, you know, a hundred different people who jobs I've provided over the last 35 years because of my corporate greed. And all they right. would all be really, really happy about it. Kids go to school on corporate greed. Kids, uh, the families feed their, 
their kids on corporate greed. What, what are they, what are we even talking about? It's such, and by, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard the Bernie Sanders or read his op-ed where he talked about corporate greed is at a 70 year high. <laughs> what in the name of God could that possibly mean? Does he have some sort of corporate greed meter? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the corporate greed meter. And t- hey, take it easy, Gordon Gecko. T- take it easy. Don't give us exactly. your Teldar paper rants. Yeah. Okay. Come on though. I hate to be quoting Gordon Gecko, but what, what he's saying was, you know, Hollywood, but it's, it's, of course it's true but to better your own situation. This is um, <laughs> Ludwig von Mises quote from, you know, from a hundred years ago that the, the, the guy who's trying to, to better his own position generally helps society more than the guy who sets out to help society. Now that's right. not an ironclad rule. There are plenty of people who, who abuse that, but trying to build businesses and having corporate greed and trying to make money, that's a gorgeous, beautiful thing that we should be celebrating, and they don't want to. Absolutely. <laughs> corporate greed is at a 70-year high. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one. It's just fun. I just like when people just sort of make stuff up that, you know, they, nobody's going to question on it. What Did you hear? Is it really at a 70-year high? Oh, my goodness. That's not <laughs> Are like we in the red zone? We're in the red zone of the meter? We've got, a, we've got a crisis of corporate greed going on here. We're greedier than our ancestors? What the... Uh, okay. Why? Here's my question: yeah. why, why do we have to be bound by truth and facts if nobody on the other side? Yeah, do? right. I'm saying corporate greed is at, you know, the best spot ever, according to my corporate greed. Your corporate greed meter. Yeah. All right. Um, so it, it, we had this conversation. Uh, you were one of our panelists uh, over the weekend at our Freedom Fest thing there, and uh, we talked about uh, we talked about uh, the recession where most people think we're in one. Uh, unless you are a pundit on CNBC or one of these investotainment shows, you're still waiting for some official uh, de- demarcation of recession. But the, the saying, uh, assuming we are in one because we are, um, the, the consensus on the panel was it, it's going to last a little bit longer than people may think, but it's going to be a little bit more shallow than people think, too. Uh, is there anything a Republican-controlled Congress could do to change that prediction? I mean, I know they can stop well, stop some of what's been going on that has brought us to this point. But is there anything at this point that is going to alter that eventuality? So to answer that question, you have to ask yourself, will a Republican-controlled uh, Congress be able to get through any serious sort of deregulation? And the answer to that is no. The wonderful thing, by the way, is that you know the stock market, Love And I'm just talking about the stock market, which is different than the economy, but they, they're related in some ways. The stock market loves a divided government. Right. When, the, when either the House or the Senate um, is the opposite party of the president, the average gain of the stock market is 13 percent per year. The stock market loves to get over the midterms, too. The statistics on that are pretty equally compelling about stock market going higher. But to answer your question about recession, no. I mean, just the, you know, the National Federation of Independent Business said just for October, 33% of small business site inflation is their most important problem, which was three percentage points higher than in September. So I think the inflation problem is getting worse, but small business confidence, which, by the way, the Small Business Optimism Index is still hovering around 90, which for, for um, clarity on that, that's the level it broke to in the first quarter of 2020 when small businesses were all being shut down. So small business confidence is not very high. Inflation is still a big concern. We do seem to be in a little bit of a the cost push inflation because of energy input costs that don't seem to be going away. So if the only way things can possibly get better is if we get a government that commits seriously to deregulation and then start seeking a, a more and free and easy global trade again. And I know some of these countries that we trade with have awful policies. Um, you know, we've had some awful policies over the years as well, too. Sometimes the, 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 within economics, the 
the uh, saying is either goods cross borders or armies cross borders. And there's a lot, there's something to that. If we start shutting down relationships around the globe, not a very good thing for geopolitical risk. And uh, the inevitability and the sensibility of uh, we're going to address this inflation problem that you're referencing by nuking people's brokerage accounts and throwing 5 million people out of work. That's, that's how we solve this problem. Yeah. That's, that seems to be right, the Fed's position. So what, what, yeah, that's what Jay Powell said. And he said it in no uncertain terms. When he says he wants to create slack in the labor market, that means he wants to use to you to lose your job. And when he says he wants to, uh, you know, increase demand, uh, I mean, uh, destroy demand, he's talking about equity prices going lower, asset prices going lower. And when he says there's going to be pain, I'm pretty sure he's not talking about pain for himself. He is Jim Murio, Fox business analyst, the proprietor of Brandt's Restaurant in Palatine as well. Jim, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's morning answer on AM 560. The answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Places like New York State, Oregon, Mayor's Race in L.A., these, and, of course, Illinois, these are races that are not supposed to be in play. I'm talking about gubernatorial races the, and the mayor's race in L.A. And there's a few other examples, too. Races that are not supposed to be in play that are in play this year for a variety of reasons, but uh, a lot of similarities, too. The number one being personal safety being on the ballot and what the left has allowed to occur in major cities across the nation. So much so that, like, for example, in Oregon, Phil Knight, you know, Oregon's favorite son there, getting involved with the Republican candidate for governor to try to help her across the finish line. In Oregon, you know, of course, Lee Zeldin in New York. And here it's Darren Bailey. And Darren Bailey, state senator, was joined by Tom DeVore for a rally yesterday in Oak Brook, rally press conference, after this uh, news broke over the weekend, thanks to the uh, efforts of uh, Emma Woodhouse and her FOIA requests, that uh, where she obtained emails between the governor's office and Illinois Department of Public Health that indicate while J.B. Pritzker was making public pronouncements uh, as to whether or not he would impose a vax mandate if he were reelected in order for kids to go through to, to go to K through 12 schools. Uh, his staff was busily preparing to do just that. Right. And then they took issue that Senator Bailey had a press conference yesterday with a bunch of angry moms. And I'm one of them um, because he's saying that, no, when he's real, if if he is reelected, he's going to go through with mandatory vaccinations for kids. For the last year and a half, we have fought the mandates all these mama bears, we fought for our children. J.B. Pritzker shut down our churches. He shut down our schools. He masked our children. And he's going to do it again. It is imperative that we get out and vote. So at the time on October 27th, summary. when the question was asked, he wasn't. He was still deciding. And then we get these email that shows the ball, you know, the, the, it's already in motion. Well, yesterday, 
Jordan Abadayu said, no, we're not doing that. This is something that we're not looking at doing at this time. It's not really a conversation that's really going on. Well, it's literally a conversation <laughs> it, that's going yes, on. because the emails prove it. And then she says there's no plans to update the vaccine requirements for school-age children. Yeah, at this time, I'm sure. And here's Governor Pritzker when asked when he was campaigning in Champaign. Truth is, he is lying about what you know vaccines do. He is not vaccinated himself. Uh, he is not somebody who believes in mitigations. Um, he's just putting out something new, hoping at the last minute in a desperate attempt to win some votes. No, we he, have proof he, that this is nothing. We have proof that this is happening. Well, Darren Bailey didn't put it out. It's uh, it's emails between the governor's office and the Illinois Department of Public Health. And again, if we had a press corps that wasn't completely in the tank for Pritzker and the left, somebody would say, whatever. Yeah, Governor, I, I'm not talking about Darren Bailey. I'm saying, what do those emails indicate? You're saying one thing publicly, and your staff is saying something very different privately. So square the circle for us. But, of course, nobody nobody demands that he address the matter on the merits. Of course not. For more on this, we're pleased to be joined by a Republican nominee for governor, State Senator Darren Bailey. Darren, thanks for being with us again. Appreciate it. Well, good morning, and thank you for the opportunity, and thanks for what you guys do. That press conference yesterday was amazing. Wow. Mothers were angry. They should be angry. We all should be angry. God bless Emma Woodhouse for stepping up and foying this, and, and this is a wake-up call. Uh, this is a wake-up call that we, the people, have got to get in touch and get control of our government. And we cannot sit by and wait for other people to do this. So um, this, this this shows how uh, what, what a dangerous situation that Illinois exists in under uh, Governor Pritzker's tyranny. What's your program today for this election day? Uh, you talk to us, and then what happens? We are headed to the train station uh, as we speak, and they we're going to spend some. Uh oh. Oh. I've been to several train stations, and it's been pretty amazing, uh, the, the, the turnout of the, of the people, uh, totally opposite of what we expected. So we're there, then we're headed out in the uh, suburbs uh, to make a few restaurant stops, and then we head to Springfield to prepare for victory. And what are you hearing from, de- you know, during this whole campaign season, what are you hearing from Democrats and independent voters? Uh, I'm he- I'm hearing that they're fed up and they're tired, so... Uh, it's been pretty amazing. From time to time, I'll have that person come up and tell me that, hey, I, I, I really like you, but I can't vote for you because this, this, and this. And, and I'll remind them of our situation that they uh, that we're living in and that J.B. Pritzker created the, the havoc on our streets. J.B. Pritzker created you know, raising taxes 24 times and pushing our friends and our family out of the street. J.B. Pritzker has allowed and created failed schools and 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 then many times they'll they'll kind of interrupt me and i say well no 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 I, i'm not voting for him either so um no i think it's going to be a huge victory people all over the state and that's been the beauty of this journey I, I, we cindy and i and our team uh, we feel accomplished and fulfilled today there's it's it, you know you know how it is some people say gosh i wish i would have got that done i wish i would have went there and been there no no we uh, we feel very accomplished that we accomplished even more than we anticipated uh, do you have any concerns about uh, election administration today? Are you hearing anything around the state? Uh, I, I asked because there was this um, issue that arose in Champaign County. The Champaign County clerk, Aaron Ammons, who's married to a state rep named Carol Ammons, and the deputy clerk, uh, they were enjoined uh, by a Champaign County judge 
because the deputy clerk in Champaign County was found to have unsealed official ballots in her personal unattended motor vehicle. So she she had ballots that apparently she had unsealed in her car. Um, that's not how you handle ballots, obviously. So, so anything like that that you're hearing, any concerns you have anywhere about uh, uh, the propriety of election administration here? Well, a suit has indeed been filed about that. It was some of our trained uh, poll watchers that uh, realized that and caught that. We've got almost 4,000 trained poll watchers just just from our campaign alone. And I know there's many other organizations and groups that have been uh, uh, training and, and, and placing poll watchers. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing as it always is. Like what I said, we the people have got to get involved. And, and this uh, the, the, the integrity of today's voting turnout is only going to be as, uh, as good as, uh, you know, the people who have been trained and the people who have been willing to put themselves as election judges and poll watchers can be. And, and with that being said, yes, I have confidence that uh, uh, we're ready uh, to monitor and watch and deal with uh, any irregularities. We've got to restore confidence in our election system. Now, speaking of central and southern Illinois, uh, we need a huge turnout there. I mean, the numbers suggest you need a huge turnout there, and you need to get about two-thirds of that huge turnout. Uh, How are you feeling about uh, central and southern Illinois? Well, I feel like we have that huge turnout. But like I said, more importantly, when I travel the state and people always ask, how's it going? And I tell people we're winning. We're going to win this thing. And and the first question always is, well, yeah, but what about Chicago? And and I said, well, if you've been watching us on our our Facebook, you'll see that uh, we've been in Chicago uh, most of the time since the primary. So as we get out, walk the streets, go into the uh, neighborhoods, I feel extremely comfortable that we're going to have even more than what we need. Uh, in in the suburbs and in Chicago. I think we're going to uh, create history today here in Illinois. Well, Governor Pritzker won his first election by 16 points. Uh, In this election, he spent $150 million of his own money, plus he gave $11 million to other Illinois Democrats. Um, Are you afraid that tonight will turn into election week because they're going to count mail-in ballots that are post-dated, postmarked today, but they're going to count them up until November 22nd? Well, I'm really not. Being a farmer and just having to watch the fields and expect the unexpected, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I feel like it's going to be a confident and decisive victory. Uh, really, the, the people we have placed ourselves in what should have been, you know, quote-unquote, hostile, anti-Republican, anti-Bailey territory, and we have never, ever left an area feeling that, uh, wow, I don't think we're going to win that one. I understand we, you know, obviously may not win uh, Cook County, but I think we're going to have a showing that's going to uh, exceed uh, expectations. So uh, I feel very confident in that. But the uh, people have got to turn out and vote. We know that. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, you're the underdog in this race. Obviously, any Republican would be in, in a state where you just have the distribution of Democrats to Republicans, as we've seen over many cycles now in the last, I don't know, three decades. But, um, do you think that uh, Pritzker underestimated you? Obviously, he he spent money. You know that much was made of him spending money in the primary. Uh, you know, pumping you as a conservative and to, suggesting that's you know he wanted to face you. Do you think he he underestimated? Do you think he's still underestimating you even as we're standing here on election day? Dan, I think he underestimated the people. This man and his uh, arrogance and incompetence. 
Uh, he sat, stood, and looked over the people uh, since day one. He underestimated the people. I'm giving this victory to the people because this is the uh, uh, this is the movement uh, I, like no other, I think, uh, across this nation. And, and we're going, you know, most people, most of the political pundits, they've written Illinois off. They don't even give Illinois the airtime to consider that the state's still painted blue and all the election maps, but. Uh, uh, I think that's the uh, shocker and, and yeah. the uh, celebrations going to come tonight. Well, it would be it would be that indeed. He is State Senator Darren Bailey, Republican nominee for governor. Darren, thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck the rest of the day and Bless good luck tonight. Obviously, thank you, thank you. And he joined thanks us on our turnkey on the other side. Okay, thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey dot pro answer line. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Your show keeps me alive during the week. There's nobody I'd rather listen to between 5 and 9 in the morning than you guys. On AM 560, The Answer. Real quick, Dan, you know how they're worried about violence at the polling booths? I remember a time when my ward boss and his thug friends were always in my face. Like, what's wrong with you? Why do you have a McCain Palin sign, Jacob said? Just thugs. McCain Palin. A long oh, time way ago. Way back when. Oh, way I know, back. but they're, I'm just saying, you talk yeah. about getting roughed up. I mean, they never touch me, but they're just a bunch of, ugh. Yeah. Well, oh, I have a Chicago word for them, but has, I can't say it on the radio. Chicago has a long tradition of goons at polling places, although less so these days than Yeah, not because Mike Madigan's be. gone. Yeah. Well, although you still have the all the red shirts and the teachers' unions. They're thugs. And that's, those are extortionists. And, and that's and that's just the women. Hey, hey. Tony in Downers Grove. Hey, Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, hey, guys. How are you? Good. What's up? Nothing. Just reporting. I, I did my uh, – I went there at 6.15. There was a line out the door when I left. The only goons that were at the polling booth were the ones running the booth, which they all seemed to be Democrats. I could tell. Um, but I, I enjoy the uh, the write-in. That was nice. And um, Dan, I'm not quite as optimistic as you are about uh, Georgia or Ohio. Oh, Ohio's, yeah. Ohio's, Ohio's a, a mortal lock. That's I am gonna Dan mortal I, lock. Not, Dan, I'm not good enough to do this, but I would bet a a 12 pack of Pro V ones. Okay. That both. Do not come in. That both what? I will. Uh, yeah. I, I think Walker and I think Walker is going to lose, and I, and and same thing with Oz. No, you said Ohio. Uh, oh, I'm you, sorry. You Pennsylvania. Yeah. 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 Well, they're close races, but uh, thanks for the call, Tony. I, I mean, I would. Bet, I'll bet you a box of Pro V ones if you want. On both of those. Yeah. I think we're not going to know Pennsylvania for a long time. Mm. That's my prediction. And I'm not a political pundit. Once that momentum gets rolling downhill, Mike and Wheaton. Hi, Dan. Hi, Amy. Um, just a report on the first precinct in downtown Wheaton. Um, I got there at 545. There was seven people in front of me. Uh, we were able to go into the uh, uh, polling place a few minutes before and uh, watch as they turned on the machine, which was a joyous moment to see that it did come on at 6 o'clock. Uh, we were able, uh, at that time, there was eight people behind me. Um, it seemed like they had at least 50% more staff working than they did in 2020. Um, also, I seemed to notice that there was more people watching what was going on. Um, and a couple of things that I thought were really kind of important 
is that I did not fill out the uh, Secret uh, Secretary of State box. So my ballot was pushed back out of the Scantron machine, and I was allowed to fill that in. Um, so voting for Dan on that, I felt very good. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that on my ballot in the lower left-hand corner is the uh, the amendment, I think the Workers' Right Amendment. Right. But there's a lot of information above that that you, you hardly can see that. And I filled out my complete ballot before I realized that I didn't vote for that. And I had to kind of search through. So I'm just giving a heads up um, to look in the first page far left-hand corner to make sure you um, vote for that. And I was always taken back, too, by the fact that the Democrats were always the first choice in every category. I was wondering why that is. And thank you for taking my call. Thanks for the call, Mike. Well, that's just a you know, flip the coin flip for ballot position, uh, race by race. But, um, yeah, the turnout thing is interesting. I got a text from uh, my dentist friend uh, who's out in Roselle. Wait, no. He's out in, wait, where is no, he? When the last uh, time I you got, went to the dentist. Well, I, we got, my we, dentist is in Arlington Heights. I got one dentist in Roselle. And I got, oh, no, I got the other dentist is in Barrington. Barrington. Um, I got all these dentists. Oh, yeah. I got all these dentists in my life. But uh, he said, in my 30 years of voting in the same precinct, I've never seen it as busy as it was this morning at 615. Oh, you should have seen the lines in Lakeview. They're wrapped around the building. I mean, there's uh, no, a lot of news. interest. Oh, I know, but people are voting. So mm. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560, The Answer. Insert Democrat Socialist here. Runs the Democratic House law. For 30 plus years of running He's promising this and he's stealing that Where can you get that kind of money? He's using your house like his own piggy bank gang, 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 gang. You ought to know by now You can pay off your house here in Illinois But you can never keep up with the taxes Oh, how it's always been the plan To have a taxpayer pay, no doubt not a matter of if anymore, but when you're moving out. I said, when you moving out. Top of the morning, out. Dan and Amy. That theme music means it's time for our weekly confab with Ted Dabrowski, president of Wirepoints, wirepoints.org, all things Illinois policy related. Uh, you know, our friend Keith Thornton, that 911 dispatcher, former 911 dispatcher for the city of Chicago, who uh, went public with some of what he was hearing and seeing to explain to Chicago residents what's happening in the city from the perspective of somebody that, you know, deals with response to crime and emergency situations as a dispatcher. He wrote an op-ed at uh, Fox News. He was ready to leave for Georgia. He was oh. getting out of here. Yeah. He was getting out of here. He's, enough. Well, he was, past tense. I made the decision to leave Chicago in January 2022. I was headed for the red clay of Georgia. I had picked out my new house, had my eyes on a brand new bass boat. I was going to live the life I thought I wanted. But, he said, things changed on July 4th of this year when a gunman climbed onto the roof in the effluent Chicago suburb of Highland Park, opened fire, killing seven people and wounding dozens of others. And then he decided to take a look at what he uh, take a look at what's happening to Chicago land in terms of public safety. This uh, talking about Highland Park, he wrote, "This was truly a sad event that devastated an entire community." Yeah, 
But it's not what made me change my mind. What did that was the fact the same weekend there were 10 people killed and 62 people wounded by gunfire in Chicago. No one seemed to care. Oh, yeah. Oh. 14 people shot on Halloween night just a couple, uh, ten, you know, not even yes. 10 days ago. And none of them were gangbangers. Kids. The victims were kids, a three-year-old, an 11, a 13-year-old. Keith Horn goes on, I decided to do some research, and the findings were staggering. If you listen to this show, they won't be staggering to you. You know it. Through the end of August of 2022, 23 people, 2,352 people have been shot, 448 fatally. Now we're more like at 3,200 and 650. 2021, 797 homicides in Chicago, 3,561 shootings. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it isn't just crime. Keith Thornton's a black gentleman, too. Only 26% of CPS 11th graders can read and do math at grade level, yet the school district proudly announced that 84% of students graduated in 2021, a new record high. Yeah, he's also having trouble squaring those numbers like we are. Poverty is also an issue. The most recent poverty data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that 23% of Chicago children live in poverty. Overall, 16.5% of Chicago population lives in poverty, both above the national average. Oh, more Pritzker administration and Lightfoot administration accomplishments. And he goes on and he goes on and he goes on. And he comes to this conclusion. I've decided to stay and try and make a difference. And I encourage my fellow conservatives to do the same. A city, any city, cannot survive if its richest, most highly educated population flees. A city cannot survive if the answer to its problems is to ignore them and let those who cannot leave fend for themselves. Well, you know, Keith, I'm sympathetic to the argument, but I, I sense a real structural problem in Illinois, like these other failed socialist states, the hollowing out. You just have a bunch of people that are insulated from terrible public policy that are rich enough to have fashionable opinions that are that in no way square with reality. And then people that are dependent on the state and not much in between. And that's a recipe for a failed state. It's a recipe for the kind of results that he delineates in his column. So I don't know. I mean, I appreciate the fighting spirit of a Keith Thornton and so many others, but I don't know. I guess we're going to find out today if we're past the point of no return, if, uh, if that's still in question. What does Ted Dabrowski think? Ted, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, Dan. Hey, good morning, Amy. Um, what do I think? Well, you know, I, I, I love to see that they, a guy who's not in public policy, he's not a, he's not a bureaucrat. He's, he was a guy that, uh, by the way, he was the one that pointed out how all these uh, police calls go unanswered because there's just not enough uh, police to make the urgent calls when the 911 calls come in. Yeah. Um, but I love when a guy like that is, is, has seen the facts. He can, he, can, he can talk the facts. He sees the problem. You know, he's black, as you say, so he's got a, a different point of view than, than uh, you know, uh, people who are, you know, downstate or elsewhere. He's in Chicago, smack in the middle of it. So I, I love the fight. And, um, you know, I want to go back to a point you made probably an hour or so ago that at some point the revolt's going to happen in Illinois. Uh, it just may not be yet. And there's a few good reasons why, right? You know, one of the things that, that really bothers me is, is the corporate elite, with the exception of Ken Griffin and how he, he spoke up. And, of course, he left. So I don't know whether to count him or not. But he certainly spoke up. You got the McDonald's CEO speaking up, with the exception of those two and others who give money but don't speak up. You know, it's the corporate elite 
has has basically endorsed what happens in Illinois because they don't speak up. Then you've got the media, right? The media is is out. I mean, I think what's happened this cycle, stuff that you've done, stuff that we've done, stuff that uh, that a few others have done, have really you know tried to counter the media, and I think successfully. Maybe not enough. Maybe enough. I don't know. But the, the traditional media is is so complicit in this. Then you've got, like you said, some of the elite and the, you know, and, and, as you say, in the leafy suburbs, they don't speak up. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is the outflow of people. We've lost, you know, I, I, I tweeted that today, but we lost 100,000 people to other states last year just due to out-migration on a net basis, right? The ins minus the outs, 100,000 gone. You know, how many of those were conservatives who got fed up? So it's really put um, the burden on the few of us who are left to fight. But uh, I love Keith Thornton's uh, attitude. Uh, and I think that at some point the revolt will happen. If it's not now, maybe it's four years from now. But uh, but things are really extreme here in Illinois. I want to talk about that too. Things are extreme here, and uh, it might take a while for for those for those who uh, support the extreme policies to realize that they're even hurting them themselves. Is there any way to tell how many of those hundreds of thousands of people who left Illinois were registered voters? Were votes that we cannot count on today? No, I, I, it, it's impossible to tell. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of them will be Democrats, some of them will be Republicans. We know tons of blacks have left Chicago, right? The 180,000 from 2000 to 2010 and another 85,000 from 2010 to 2020. Uh, you know, most of those were probably Democrats. I think that kind of speaks to we want out of here. We want we want more opportunity, whether it's Houston or Dallas or Atlanta. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them are, are from the suburbs. A lot of them are Republicans probably and uh, got sick and fed up with the property taxes and, and the other things that go on. Yeah, we that problem of uh, I'm on your side, but you're not. We have it with so many of the rank and file public sector union members. We have it with these um, overeducated elites in places like the North Shore, uh, where and so the the things that people get away with, get away with saying, get away with doing, especially for all of those fiscal conservatives, because you know every single voter in this state Ted is is a fiscal conservative. You know that. There's nobody who walks yeah, around right. saying I'm a, I'm a fiscal leftist, I'm a fiscal <laughs> liberal. I spend, spend, spend. That's what I that's what I say. Nobody says that. So it's interesting when this story goes basic, and this is from NPR. Well, TTW. What's the difference? Uh, the story about city spending. You know, Mayor Lightfoot's up only a couple months from now. So the uh, big plan in the city to, uh, you know, make sure our infrastructure remains <clears throat> world-class, yeah. $3.7 billion in infrastructure spend by 2026. Uh, in 2020, the city council, those 50 train seals, voted to borrow $1.4 billion to fund work that was to be finished by the end of 2022. I don't think the burn interchange is scheduled for delivery until the mid-2300s. But anyway, $1.4 billion borrowed in 2020. The second phase borrowed $1.85 billion to fund the second phase of Chicago Works. Uh, and that's in addition to Lightfoot's $16.5 billion spending plan for the coming fiscal year. Uh, and we can't seem to get an accounting for the $1.4 billion that was borrowed and spent in terms of what was actually accomplished. WTTW can't seem to get an accounting for the city, but here we are with those 50 train seals scheduled to vote on borrowing another $1.85 billion. Part of this uh, lack of accountability is people just don't think that accountability is a real thing, that no matter what they do, 
uh, it is not going to be visited upon them or they don't recognize it when it is in the form of higher property taxes, businesses and jobs fleeing and so on and so forth. I just don't know. I, I don't know about connecting the dots. I don't know about all these fiscal conservatives that don't seem to understand what that phrase means. No, I, I think I think it's become impossible to connect the dots because, you know, the like you said, accountability, merit, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. It's all equity. And uh, so so balanced budgets are gone. And I, I, I think I spoke about this recently, but, you know, I looked at Chicago budget trying to make sense of it. And, uh, you know, it was 10 billion dollars that Chicago was spending in 2019. By 2021, it was spending 16 billion dollars. That's a 60 percent increase. That is, you know. If I had a 60 percent raise, I'd be in heaven. But that's you know, those are all the covid numbers and all that. It's impo- it's bastardized now. You can't you can't run a city that way. And nobody's gonna be able to figure it out until until the funny money has gone, until we then understand what the stock market's doing, the recession is doing, how deep it's going to be. Uh, but but, you know, I think Chicago watch out because, you know, once once you pull the rug out, I, I don't know how it's going to operate, especially with with the extreme crime we have there. You know, property taxes are becoming extreme there. You know, you, you've had all the the green energy policies are all going to impact Chicago. So it's all going to the corruption, all that stuff is going to come to play in Chicago. You can't ignore those real problems right now. We can because we got all the COVID money. But, uh, you know, what happens when all that stuff's gone? I'm, I'm not optimistic. So, Ted, are you an Election Day voter? Because today's a holiday. I mean, schools are closed statewide. We've got um you know, the Secretary of State's office is closed. If you want to renew your iPass, all that is closed. All the state uh, um, employees are home voting, I'm sure. But are you voting today or did you vote early? No, I, I voted today. I, I took the whole day off from work because it takes a whole day to vote. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> well, you got to you got to vote. You got to vote I mean, no on retention of all those Cook County judges. That takes a while. Yeah, this takes a while. Yeah, no, I, I did vote this morning right before this call. I love voting on Election Day, and Me I think too. that's how it should be. You know, it's it's. It feels great, uh, even even in even in Chicago. I, I tried to vote twice, but they wouldn't let me. But what's the, I think what, uh, what's, what's the what's the what pro- like? what's yeah. the protocol in Wilmette? Are you required to wear a P hat when you vote in Wilmette? Damn. Hey, they they did ask for my uh, for my license. I mean, they wow. said I didn't have to have it, but they did ask for that. Did they I ask? Did they ask for your pronouns as well? Yeah, well, those I, I have those on my I pinned them on my. <laughs> of course, my of course. He, he yes. his, him them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but was any any delays, any problems with voting this morning? No, it, you know it's it's well run. You know, Will Met. You know, this oh, is, uh, yeah. it was well met. Everything was yeah. good. Well run. That's what uh, I, I saw. Of. I saw. I saw friends on both sides of the aisle. They're, they're good guys, so all, all was smooth there. Nothing, nothing to to say there. It's too too uninteresting. I think relative to what goes on in, in other parts of the state. You know what? Uh, you know what? Um, you should wear next to your pronoun pins. You should wear a pin that says, uh, for your your you know, fellow North Shore denizens to see. Someday I hope to be rich enough to share your opinions. How about that? How about that, Pin? That would that? be good. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. You know, it's like sort of a conversation starter, maybe at the next yeah. cocktail party. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, that, that would be good. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dan, I want to make one comment. You know, I, I spoke at the um, at the uh, Freedom Summit, and uh, it was great. I, you know, I talked about the education results we've talked about on this show. And uh, after I spoke, there's a gentleman in the back um, a gentleman from the South side, if I remember right, black guy. And, and he said that he said that this, uh, you know, uh, just passing kids on to the next grade has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And he pointed me out to a, you remember the Good Times uh, TV show with J.J.? Of course, yeah. uh, J.J. Walker. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. 
Reruns yeah, is what's happening. Oh, I'm sorry. I always get oh, that my. wrong. Oh, do you think all black shows look alike? Oh, my. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so, uh, good times so, uh, and, and what's happening? Great. What's I, you I talking about? one of the first shows I watched. That's our, that's... I know. I know. I wanted, to see, if you kn- I wanted I know to see my... if you knew it. I wanted to see if you knew different strokes, strokes. from what's happening from good times. I think we got a race problem so, in the studio, Ted. Oh my gosh! Uh, you have to do something about that. Yeah, all right. I'm right. sorry. So anyway, good times. So yeah, anyway, yeah. so so in this episode, it's all about JJ. He's a junior, and his parents know that he he doesn't study. He he can't answer any questions about anything he's learned, and yet they pass him onto the senior year. Oh. And so the episode's very telling because back then, his parents, JJ's parents, are very worried that he's just getting passed on and he can't he can't perform. And they go to the school, and the principal says, "Look, we have to pass him. This is what we do." And it, you know, it's that was 1974. Wow. So that tells you how much mm. that institution, the, the, the public school institution, especially in inner city schools, has failed. And uh, it, I, I'm going I'm to post something on it so we can everybody should see it because it's, it's well, it's funny, but it's also very telling about how sad that situation is. Uh, I got to tell you, I faded there for a minute because I was thinking Wait. about Thelma. Remember Th- Thelma was she was uh, hot. And which yeah. one? You don't Good know times. what you don't know which show Thelma was in. What is wrong with you? You mentioned three shows. I the Jeffersons. Can you tell them apart? Which show was Wheezy in? The Jeffersons. All right, fine. I'm checking. <laughs> Thank you, Ted Dabrowski, President WirePoints.org. You've opened up a can of worms here with the. The good times, but I like the idea of that as a basis for a column. That's good. Ted Dabrowski, yeah, President. Well, good luck on uh, voting day. Thank you. Wirepoints.org, all things Illinois policy related. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560. The answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. I'd be remiss if we didn't offer a public thanks to the Tuzi family. They're the proprietors of Twin Acres, an institution in Chicago. They sent us all this awesome swag. Yeah, glasses, hats, T-shirts, yeah. Uh, Barbecue sauce, because they are sauce. celebrating 90 years in business. Yeah, good That's stuff. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, Twin Acres is celebrating 90 years in Old Town. Please come out and help celebrate this milestone during our month of festivities this November. All the best, Paul, Mary Kay, and Gina, the Tuzi family. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Twin nice. Acres is great. There's, you know, there's not a lot of good rib joints anymore. No, they're all far between. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much to the Tuzi family and the Twin Acres crew 90 years it's good stuff all right taking your calls 312-642-5600 turnkey.pro answer line 64636-DA turnkey.pro text line tell us what's going on in your hood at your polling place what you're seeing on this election day tim in long grove you're on chicago's morning answer hi dan and amy it's a pleasure to talk to you guys i want to thank both of you for doing what you do uh, dan especially for you i in your pack wonderful Commercials, great effort. Um, I, I just wanted to, um, I'm in Arlington Heights. My wife and I voted today. I took my 17-year-old daughter with to, to see what it's like and to show her what it's like. Um, and I wanted to relate our experience and get your viewpoint on and see if you can help me figure this out. 
Um, I'm a physician. I filled out about as many Scantron forms as uh, uh, as anyone out there right now. So I think I knew what I was doing. I walk into the polling place, and the judges they're all masked up, of course. Um, <laughs> I you know, the, I mean, the judges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bad sign. Um, all right, bad start. Yeah, they okay. now. Uh, yeah, it really was. One good thing I was thankful for, the person that I came upon, he, he asked me for my license. And then, of course, he says, well, you know, because it makes it easier. I said, yeah, I'm glad to give it to you. I pull that out. He verifies my ID. And then I get a ballot. Oh, no, actually, he said, uh, he asked me, well, uh, do you want a paper ballot? Do you want to vote by, uh, do you want to vote electronically? And I said, paper. And uh, I get one. And she says, you have to use these, uh, these Sharpies. And there's Sharpies all over the place on the table, and there's a Sharpie sign on the brochure, so you got to use a Sharpie. I said, okay, fine. And I'd heard about these and not working out that well. So anyway, I take a Sharpie. I had brought my own pen. And I go to the booth, and I mark one of the circles with a Sharpie, as the judges, you know, of course know. And uh, I do the rest in regular pen. I take my ballot uh, to scan it. He takes it and puts it in. The ballot comes out uh, with an irregularity on it, um, a smudge. I forget the exact wording. And it said, uh, it said it wouldn't accept it. And she looks, and it pointed to exactly that spot. It was under Thomas Sullivan, you know, the judge, and exactly that spot. It said it won't, it won't take it. She tried to push the manual cast button. It wouldn't take it. Um, and I look at it, and I'd already seen this. I was wondering what would happen. It had bled through. I did not press hard. I did not do anything to anyone. Anybody wants to say that is with the Sharpie is the one spot I had done with the Sharpie pen. The rest was with the regular pen and it had bled through. Um, she turns it around, flips it around, tries it again. Again, irregularity wouldn't take it. She takes a tiny little uh, white sticker off of somewhere off of the I voted uh, patches. She peels it off and puts it on the little white smudge thinking that would go and runs it in again. Said irregularity in the same spot. It wouldn't take it. So then in the end, she cancels that ballot out. She gives me another ballot, and I go and fill it out again completely with the regular pen, not the Sharpie. Bring it back. It goes right through. So I look at her, and, and, and I had to fill out the cancellation list there. you got to put down your name and why, why your ballot was canceled. I put it down. There's three people already with the same issue right there. I went around just after 6, 6.30, something like that. There's three people already listed. They all said, you know, Sharpie leaked through that had canceled their ballot, you know, and, and I'm thinking, and, and so I look and there's still handing out the Sharpies on the table. Yeah, right. they, they, yeah. they, we had the they, same they problem the last time. And what I could tell people to do, and I, I, I'm bringing black pens to my polling Absolutely. place. Um, and also bring your own black pen. Don't bring a blue pen, bring a black pen because it's, it's Absolutely. such bull jive that they haven't what? fixed this from two years ago. It's the same issue that we had last time. It's complete bull jive. Thanks, and, Tim. And let me tell you something. I have a, I have a wife, and my wife is very interested in all this stuff. She was going to be election judge, but I think she felt a little intimidated, didn't want to do it, so she didn't do it. She had been telling me all along, make sure we bring pens, make sure we bring pens, and of anything you do, do not use the Sharpie. And so I'm, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? They can't be that stupid. They're that the stupid. The ballots are thick. Yeah. I, the second I push it, that's exactly what happened. But they're still using them. What is going on? Any... Any random idiot would have pulled these things off, or shouldn't you know ahead of time that this is not going to work? But it's all over the ballots. 
the ballot box, and in their handouts and brochures. So, you know, good job, Illinois. Well, because they know, thanks, Tim, for the phone call. But they know know Republicans vote on Election Day, so why not mess with us? Uh, The other Tim in Lincoln Park. Hey, Dan and Amy. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Similar story. So um, I live in Lincoln Park, and I got up about 6.30, went over to the polling place just south of Armitage at 6.45 in the morning. Um, I once was a, I volunteered as a judge for the day. So I, I, I understand how the whole process works. And it's, it's the same woman that's been in there probably for 10 or 15 years. It kind of controls the whole um, polling spot. And I went in, I voted in similar situation with the Sharpie pen. It, it, I voted, everything seemed fine. But when I got to the second ballot, it was all marked up because of the, the pen leaked. So I still filled it out um, with all the judges and my first ballot went through. I was very fortunate because of that. But the second ballot, just like your first caller before me, um, it, it didn't accept it. So I should have done what he did and filled it out. But they just put in a special pile Ooh. that, uh, that you know, somehow Cook County will count that later, whatever the hell that means. So <laughs> as a good citizen that I am, I walked down the street. I walked to the 7-Eleven, and I bought four packs of five pens so, um, and brought them back to the polling place. And I walked up to the woman. I go, hey, here you go. Problem solved. Because when I asked her, why do you only have Sharpies? And she said, hey, this is all they gave us. And, I'm, and I, told, I told her, this is a really big mess. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know, this is awful. And you could tell even the, the cover of the ballots were just covered with the leaking Sharpie pens. So when I walked in, I go, here, and I handed it to the two younger judges that were volunteering. I go, here's the pack, here's the pack. And she immediately looks at me and says, no, we cannot use these. <sighs> And I said, why not? She's like, because they didn't, they didn't provide them for them. I'm like, you just said the pens they provided for you are leaking all over the place. And she's like, we can't use these. They're not going to work. And then I asked her again, I go, why, do they, why would they not work? All you have to do is, is fill in the, the dot, and then the computer registers it. And she's like, we can't use them. And, I'm like, and I said to her, I go, this is absolutely insane. This is ridiculous. And everybody in there voting, I said, please grab one of these pens if you need it, because the Sharpie pens are going to mess up the ballots. And then I walked out. That's my story. Good for you. Thanks for the call, Tim. Fighting one ballpoint at a time. Honestly, I mean, this, this is the election turns that we on have sharpies to... versus ballpoint pens. Probably, probably. No, I, this happened. I'm telling you, it happened to my sister last time. It happened to me last time, and then I just brought a bunch of pens, unmarked pens, because God forbid if something was written on the pen, to the polling place. They won't count your ballot. The the sharpie, the new threat to our democracy. Well, and I I love the attitude, the attitude of that judges or these judges is perfect. 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 I I don't have I don't have a brain. I have an order. Uh, This is all I was given. I don't know how to problem solve. Uh, I know this doesn't work, but this is what they gave us. So I have to continue doing it, even though it doesn't work. I don't have a brain. I don't think. I just do what I'm told. Perfect. It's so indicative of Chicago. (laughs) Oh, the great Sharpie election of 2022. Sharpie Gate, I'm going to call it that. Yeah, Joe in Cal City. Uh, Yes, good morning, uh, Dan and Amy. Thanks for taking my call. Sharpie? Sharpie? Yeah, Sharpie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Sharpie issue. And uh, there's something suspicious going on over there at the uh, library. It wouldn't, uh, I did the paper ballot. They had to put it in a manila envelope and seal it because the scanner's not working. And the electronic uh, machine apparently doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. So what we have here in Calumet <laughs> City 
It's a failure to communicate. Yeah, right. Well, Thaddeus Jones, he's he's a crook, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's still part of the Illinois legislature, and he's mayor here in Calumet City. So how does he do that? How does he get away with that? I don't know. You know, like the Shaw brothers used to. Oh, that's right. Uh, Like, yeah, Yeah. thanks for the call. I mean, Cal City has a long tradition of crooks. Yeah. Got a text message. Sharpies are the new hanging chads. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Bob from Buffalo Grove. That's a good one. Thank you. We're going to have to, re- if, it, if this is a close election, we're going to have to redo all the. Here we go. Honestly. Yeah. Did this bleed through? Is this registered? Did this register? Did this, the, right. Did it register? Well, the fact that they're putting it in a separate pile because they're bleeding through it would be suggested there's a bit of a problem. Yeah. If you're, you're not spoiling it and re voting with the pen that registers, we're, we're going to put it in the to be counted later pile. Uh huh. Sure, you are. I don't know if I would trust that exactly. Uh, Bring oh. your own pen. Okay. Black pen. Incredible. My, uh, Matt in Oak Lawn. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, first off, a, a tip of the hat to the Tucci family that you're just talking about. I, uh, I took my wife on her first date to Twin Anchors. Uh, not the best slab of ribs, but uh, we got four kids, and I, I have no money for ribs now, so it's also the most expensive slab <laughs> of ribs. But uh, real question. And just not a point, just an actual question, what you think. 2014, Bruce Rauner beats Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn is not as bad as Rob Agoyevich. Rob Agoyevich is, I'm sorry. That's J.B. Pritzker. J.B. Pritzker is worse than Pat Quinn and Rob Agoyevich. Rob Agoyevich was a federal prison, and things were actually better under the guy who went to federal prison. Yeah. What has changed in this landscape, why this can't be, that was eight years ago. It wasn't 100 years ago. I don't know why Illinois can't knock this guy out. Um, and I, I actually hopefully obviously think he will, but you know, what do you think about that? Well, I would say well, this guy has a lot of money. <laughs> well, is, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, first of all, that was sort yeah, of explain. He's eating all those damn ribs. Well, that was you know that to 2014. Thanks for the call, Matt. I mean, part of part of it is, I mean, think about this. So that's the one uh, statewide race in the last two decades. Um, and then you know he got to a point. Um, and Judy Bartopinka won too, right? So oh, that that right. cycle, though. But, and so, so there's a couple of things. Pat Quinn was a gadfly, is a gadfly. Pat Quinn was never part of the in crowd in the Democrat socialist power structure. He wasn't a machine guy. He wasn't an ideological guy. He was a gadfly. He uh, escaped 2010 when he should have lost in that wave election to Bill Brady because Bill Brady kicked away that race. So here again, we missed the wave. I was having this conversation yesterday at MK again. You know, every time we miss the Reagan revolution here, we miss the Gingrich revolution here, even though Edgar got reelected. He was obviously a, you know, milk toast, big government Republican. So we missed the Gingrich revolution. And then we missed the uh, Tea Party revolution in 2010 when Bill Brady kicked away that race that he had won. And so then Pat Quinn is sort of this lame duck who accidental governor doesn't have the party's backing, can't raise money. You're coming out of some disaffection and difficult times uh, coming out of the recession and you're midterm in Obama's second term. So there was just a lot of variables that lined up for Ronner. He's an outsider without a record. And he outspends Pat Quinn three to one. And so, and he narrowly wins. Um, and then in the intervening eight years, what's happened? Well, you heard our conversation with Ted Dabrowski. You know, 100,000 people are leaving every year, and those are 
more likely than not going to be on balance your center-right voters. So um, the hollowing out continues. The flight of sensible, productive people, civic-minded people continues. And, you know, over the course of eight years, that's a lot of change. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, and that, you know, the part of it, you have to make an honest assessment of the quality of candidates for particular offices, including governor, too. Um, so it can happen. I mean, maybe the variables are lining up this year, which I think, as I said earlier in the show a couple times now, that this will be similar in terms of national popular vote but to 2010 and to 1994. And you'll see the results in terms of the numbers in the House and the Senate. Um, but we've missed these revolution or these real realignment elections before Illinois has and a couple of other states. And we could miss it again, too. Philip Portage Park. Hey, Dan and Amy. I just wanted to say I'm one of the thousands of Chicagoans whose uh, polling place seemingly changed overnight um, with seemingly no notification. So I feel like that's a deterrent right there. And at both of the polling places I ended up visiting this morning, I was witness to something called provincial voting. Uh, You probably know it better than I have. I've never witness it in my 20 plus years of voting but all of a sudden every single computer in the place at both polling places was taken up by these provincial voters and then um while there was no issue with the sharpies that i witnessed and in person with my ballot i did see that um i was actually i was tipped off by the uh, person handing me my ballot to press very lightly so it wouldn't be misread Okay, thanks for the call, Philip. Uh, Kevin Hazelcrest. Hi, good morning, Dan and Amy. Um, I went to vote. It was only my second time in Cook County uh, in Hazelcrest, and I noticed some people handing out campaign literature on the way in. So I stopped and said, hey, it looks like you guys are campaigning at the polling place. And they kind of dismissed it or whatever. So I go in and vote. It was a Sharpie. Thankfully, it read the paper. But on the way out, I brought out uh, the Illinois statute about this issue and presented it to him. I said, this is what I was talking about. You can't be conducting these activities at the polling place. So the two people I saw on the way in are now joined by this third guy who is, I guess, their handler. And on the way out, he thought it was funny to ask me who I had voted for and whatever. But I brought it up to him, and they just were totally dismissive of the fact that it's it's okay and uh so i was just wondering you know what else it is you can do aside from bringing it to their attention directly to try and stop that from happening i know it's already an uphill battle uh, in cook county uh, and uh it's really frustrating that they just knew there wasn't anything gonna happen you know i serve this country i believe in our right to vote i think if we don't have that and i told the guy Listen, if this if this was reversed, you'd be saying that this was voter intimidation, right? And he agreed with that. And and I said, listen, you, it's not right either way. And I know that if that had been somebody for one of the candidates I was voting for, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I you know, if there's not uh, the Republican Party should have election attorneys uh, at the ready 
So you could call the Republican Party, you could call the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, maybe to no avail, but the, but they respond to complaints like this, or they're supposed to. Um, you know, if there's nobody on site, then the judges won't take action. That's what I would say. Thanks for the call, okay. Kevin. Appreciate it. Uh, Will and Skokie. Hey, how you doing? Voted this morning. Now, there is an election for Supreme Court justices, correct? Yeah, there's there two. two openings, I thought. Yeah, right. Th- that is not on the ballot where I voted. Well, I don't think and you're, I, I don't I, think, I, I don't think Skokie's in either one of the districts. Yeah, I don't think you're, what? I, oh, it's I, not. Okay. you know, it's by district. You've got seven Supreme Court, state Supreme Court districts. So I don't think Skokie's oh, okay. in one of the two districts. I'm sorry, I thought, I thought it was statewide. Yeah, okay. no problem. All right. Thanks, Have Will. Yeah, we, a lot of people said that. You know, understand they're they're big districts, but they're still districts. So if you don't see the state Supreme Court race, you know, more likely than not, it's just you're it's not, not in the your, district. Okay. Uh, Christine Shanahan McGovern, who's a Republican candidate for state senator down in the side. Christine Montgomery. Hi, how are you? What's up? We, we are having some issues here. So, um... At the Sisters of Mercy voting location, and it's all in my district, my stronghold, Mount Greenwood, um, Evergreen Park area. Uh, a person went to vote. Their tally machines are not working, so they're just told to put them in the lockbox. They haven't worked at all since they opened up this morning. Um, and also, the, the again, what, what other people are saying, the Sharpies are a big issue where they're bleeding through and the, the ballots are being spoiled. So other locations in the suburbs, I have checked with all of my uh, poll watchers, they have stopped using the Sharpies and are using pens. Now, Mount Greenwood, all the locations in Mount Greenwood are not allowing pens at all. I did call and make a complaint. They do have their legal team on it, supposedly. Um, but everyone, if, you're, if your ballot does not work, Please get a new one. Please make sure that you do an incident report. You can call 312-500-8312. It's important just so that we have a record of everything. Yeah, very good. All right, thanks, Christine Shanahan McGovern. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Dan and Amy, we'll take more of your calls on this election thing that everybody's talking about, but I have something that is more pressing. All right, let me throw out the number first, 312-642-5600, or you can text us. Our text line is blowing up, 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. All right, go. You've been uh, I looked at uh, biatching about it all morning. Page six, uh, you know, in the post yesterday, yeah. and I see this picture, and this is, this is allegedly Giselle Bundchen. Yeah, she's vacationing with her kids in Costa Rica post-divorce. She looks great. She's got washboard abs. Her chest looks no, great. No, it, you cannot believe the fake news, <laughs> the fraud that has been perpetrated on the general public, oh. the the global mm-hmm. community, Oh, the global community is, for at least, I mean, I don't know how long it's been like this, but it, I'd say for at least five years, ten years. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, that without look, without makeup, she looks Giselle Bunch, and you think of the Victoria's Secret and the well, runway. She, and the, she had the wings. And yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, this married to Tom Brady. This is she looks like like a shabby, a little... chic, stuffy graph. Yeah, except yes. not. I mean, no way. 
she does. I showed this. I showed this to a buddy of mine at dinner yesterday. Uh-huh. I said, "Who is this?" She said, "No, <laughs> no, I have no idea." She said, "She's out punching." No, no. It is. Well, people look different without makeup on. Holy She's God. only forty-five, though. You look her like this, and then she when she has makeup on, it's like one of those TikTok videos where a man puts makeup on to transform into a, a like looking female. That's how stark it is. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I don't know how Tom stays so long. Oh, oh, oh no, no, that's. She's grieving. In Costa Rica? <laughs> no, I know. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody does grieve differently. That's my line, man. I think, I think she should have to return at least $100 million of the $500 million that she made so off her mean. image. It's hard. You guys don't have to wear makeup. You can grow beards, too, if you have acne on your face. No, but not us. We I have to work, work, work. Hair, nails, skin. Blah, I don't blah. have to wear makeup. I choose to wear it. <laughs> but it's the same for women. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, back to this election stuff. If anyone wants to weigh in, if you've seen this Giselle Bunchen picture, everybody, we all right. I'm happy. Here, why don't you tweet to... it out? Or no, maybe not. That's kind of below you. But well, no, no, it's bothering you. Tweet it out. Yeah. See what the public says. See if you get any support. I don't want to get on her bad side. Yeah. Oh, because you want to date she, her. She could, maybe she'll move. No. Oh, she lives in Florida. No. 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 <laughs> Manny on the South Side. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I should be concerned or not, but uh, I got a text message about three weeks ago that um, I chose to, or I I selected a mail-in ballot to vote yes on the workers' rights. Is that something that I should? Uh, I haven't voted yet, but would it oh. reflect if I did? Oh, wait, you received you received like a a text sample ballot, and it had like a no, check mark. I, yes, I, I actually. Oh, you voted for I actually for it. received a text message saying that the records indicate that I um that I that I sent in for a mail in ballot. But you didn't. I never did. Did you get a mail no. did you get a mail in ballot? Um I get a mail my mail at a different location and I haven't checked yet to oh. see if I got one or not. Oh. Hmm. Well No, you shouldn't be concerned. You go vote and you you vote at your polling place if that's what you plan on doing and you'll be fine. I mean, but what if they tell me that I already voted uh, through the mail? Well, but not, you didn't. Well, you didn't vote, so they're not going to have a, they're not going to have a ballot from you. And if they have a ballot from you, tell them, well, I didn't vote, so we got a problem. But don't let them suppress uh, your vote. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I will not. But um, that's what that's what my concerns is. So yeah, this Thank is you. this is just this is just the uh, probably the Dems, probably the unions pushing out these. Uh, uh, ballot applications, but if you didn't pick it up and you didn't send it in and get a ballot, then don't worry about it. Just go vote at your polling place. And tell people to work all on the workers' rights. There you go. Thank you. Thanks, Manny. Ron, Southside. Dan and Amy, well, yeah, I was going to to vote. They did change my polling place, but that's not going to discourage me. Um, we used to walk to a church near our house, and we'll walk to a to a school. But I wanted to just say this to you guys: I had to be tired in um, July, so every morning I look forward to going to get my coffee, get my newspapers, and come back and listen to you all, so I can be informed and entertained. But thank you all. Uh, let's see. Let's hope this turns out. Uh, the way we would like the right outcome, but I just want to uh, commend you all for putting out just such good, accurate information consistently. So you all have a good day. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate that. 
Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Derek in Winnetka. Oh, good morning, Dan and Amy. Morning. Um, I just wanted to uh, talk about Sharpie Gate as well. Just <laughs> on the North Shore, we did have the uh, Sharpies, and uh, it wasn't very busy. So um, I used the Sharpie, and I could see it was going through. Um, but it was accepted through the machine. So uh, my question would be kind of, does anyone out there really know, is there a setting that they could put on the machine to make it less sensitive to that bleeding through? Uh, Just stop I, I using Sharpies. Know. They should know, know this by now. Our, our, our general manager, yeah, our general manager, he just voted with, with a Sharpie, too. Yeah, and Jeff. And his, and his Sharpie, his ballot went through, too. So maybe it's something on the North Shore where oh, the North Shore okay. machines are calibrated <laughs> differently than Chicago? for the lighter touch of the North Shore gentlemen with their soft hands. Oh, we have... Damn. Well, uh, I yeah, did have my finger up while I was filling up the. You, you uh, did it well, well of course. Yeah. That that's but exactly oh, that's what did it. Yeah, right. yeah, very good. All right, thanks, Derek. You can see Jeff looking behind yeah. you too if you're watching uh, us at the Matrix Home Solution Studios. Yeah. Oh, there he's back. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Bring your own pens, black pens, black uh, ink. Michael in Arlington Heights. Good morning, Dan and Amy. I wanted to thank you real quickly. Ever since I turned into your show, even if I had ever voted blue, everything that you guys and all the announcers have said, you guys are spot on with everything. And I, I, I was up at the uh, eclipse to watch you, listen to you guys. I went over again in Arlington Heights just uh, today, as I did in the last election, uh, at 6.05, whatever put my, my ballot uh, the machines were, again, not working, so I had to pray that when they dropped it in the side bin that they're going to make sure that it gets through. All right. Know, Thanks so, for the call, Michael. I'm getting all nervous about it. I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're worried about it, if there's a bleed through, the machine's not taking it, just tell them to spoil the ballot and I want a new one and just fill it out in pen. I mean, don't let them put it in some, like, make pile. So, well, some makeshift, like, we'll count it later pile. What does that mean? No, that yeah, doesn't work. One caller work. came in and said that that happened. Uh, oh, our fi- finally. All right. The more important what? issue today, Giselle. Oh. Uh, Brad and, and West Loop, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Dan. Uh, she, night and day. I can't even believe it's the same person. Uh, it's incredible. I, 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 can't, I, I can't believe in anything anymore after seeing I, that. I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, ma- the makeup that these people put on it totally changes. I, I, yeah, blew me away. Yeah. Never again. Well, I believe. Just... I, I, I'm traumatized, Brad. I don't know about Me you. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her eyes look a little puffy. Maybe yeah, thanks, she's Brad. been crying or had some, you know. She's smiling. Well, she's smiling like this. Well, she's got, well, without the makeup, she looks like a jack o' lantern. Okay, easy. Oh, I'm just saying. Go easy. Hey, she started it. She's. She didn't ask the paparazzi to take a picture oh, of her no. while yeah. she's grieving yeah. her marriage of 12 years. Jeff and Wheaton. How old is she? Danny, She's 42. Dan, you are a rabble-rousing right-winger. You know that? I've heard. You're an extremist. I to tell you, yes, exactly. I wanted to tell you out in DuPage and Wheaton here, uh, the line was out the door this morning, and the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, listen, this is good news, because I'm pretty sure all these people here are Republicans. So I pulled off to the side, filled out my ballot. I want to encourage everyone to vote. And one more thing, 
brain-dead Biden and hump her way to the top, Harris, we're here this weekend because Republicans are going to win. Red wave, baby. All right. All right. Jeff's enthusiastic. Well, he's That's ready good. to go. All right. Bring it home. Fred, south side. So, so. Hey, I, I got to say, with the Powerball play, and ever since 2016, not knowing about the election results at midnight, you know, it just goes to show you that there's some shenanigans going on. I'm sure you remember going with your parents to vote, and they went into that machine, pulled the curtain, and by 10 o'clock at night, you knew who won. So maybe we ought to go back in time. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And the headline, time. listen Thanks to this. The, call, Fred. the headline from NBC, brace yourselves for what may be weeks of vote counting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, Years. We may not know till 2024. <laughs> Sean and Darian. Yeah, I just want to thank you both. I mean, you helped me and many others um, become so much more knowledgeable about politics. And I really think we're going to have a big day today. I've actually turned four or five people, uh, you know, into Republicans. I was born and raised a Democrat six years ago when Trump came in. And, uh, and uh, I'll never turn back. Never vote for a Democrat again as long as I live. Thanks right. for all you do. Thanks, yeah, Sean. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I used to vote for maybe a smattering of Democrats. Never, ever again, unless you present a good argument to me. Don't even look at me. We can we can chart the the uh, moment of your epiphany oh, right. on your voter card. Oh, I think it's when when you ran for governor. Yeah, exactly. Turned her, uh, Vincent Huntley. Hey, the only uh, elections they used uh, sharpies was the twenty twenty election and this election. Yeah. So why do they switch in between? I mean, I, the primaries was uh, uh, ink pen. Yeah, I, my I primary vote was me. on a computer, and then I printed out a ballot, and then I stuck it in the machine, I, which, I, so I didn't have to worry about sharpies or pens. I don't know if 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 it's if they're having like consistent problems with the sharpies, then just use pens, and and the pens work, then just use pens. Is this is this is this, no, this really is this, this a is riddle? A no, this is a <laughs> I mean, thing. I don't... No, you're right though. No, people aren't exercising common sense. Oh, of course. Why start now? It's Illinois. Uh, Michael Southside. They know Republicans vote today. Morning, Dan. Morning, Amy. Thank yeah. you for taking my call. Yeah, we used Sharpies in my neighborhood. I, mm-hmm. I voted at the eighty at Simeon High School on eighty first and Vincennes, and we used Sharpies, and that the uh, they did bleed through. Did they so accept the ballot? Worried about it. Did they accept yeah, the ballot? Thank the God. machines did. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the call. All right. So it's Simeon High School and the North Shore. Mm-hmm. Those machines are Sharpie proof. So, Got a text so, message. Went so, to my usual so polling place. They told me it moved to a different place because they want to make things even. I have no idea what that means. She writes, use a ballpoint pen. Despite their insisting, I use a Sharpie. Another voter had to redo his ballot because the marker blood causing problems with the scanner. Uh, Craig, I live in Palatine. First in line for voting. Give them my ID. They scan it. It comes up not being registered, which I've been registered since I was 16. I'm now 42. I pull up a screenshot that shows I'm registered in what precinct. The same thing was happening for the guy behind me. They ended up giving me a paper ballot because the electronic one wouldn't work. They also gave me a Sharpie, which bled through. <laughs> Sounds like a fun voting experience. Well, one of my ballots went through. The other one did not. So they put it in the side of the machine and said, we'll count it later or rerun it. No, I, no, you'll rerun it when I'm here. I want to see the vote taken by the machine and registered. I mean, make sure you do that. Don't do let this... Put, we'll put it in the rerun later pile. Right, put a sticker on it and put it to the side. Uh-uh. Uh, what's happening? Rerun. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, th- 
I mean, uh, how this, this is this is not uh, you know splitting atoms. This stuff I, I don't understand. Glenn and Oakbrook are on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, good morning, uh, Amy and Dan. It was nice meeting you on Saturday. Um, I have two things. Uh, what percentage of dead people have voted already mm-hmm. in uh, Illinois? Yeah, and then. Uh, I'm looking on the GoFundMe site to see uh, if Sean set up uh, some kind of clothing GoFundMe for your attire, Dan. Oh, yes, right. My my attire was criticized. My relaxed wear was criticized on Saturday. Took it to a whole new level, Dan. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, good morning, Dan and Amy. Dan, wanted to congratulate you on your hard work. Um, a lot more confident today when Bailey than I have been. I got chance to shake his hand and have a picture with him in Marionette Park last night. Uh, Bob Fioretti swore at me. Uh, <laughs> why? I, do I want to know why? Did you, like, did you, I, I called him a Democrat hack and he called me an effing jag. I got a prediction mm-hmm. for you. If some, if at some point today the Powerball results come back, and they say that Paul Pelosi won the power, Powerball. We know we're in trouble today. All right, Tom. Randy and Sandwich. I wanted to try to bring some clarity to why the uh, Sharpie gate is more than what I think people are anticipating. So when the ballot goes in, the same way it would be like for a copy machine, the, the, the marker that's still not dried streaks on the glass on the inside of the machine, which then would cause other ballots behind that, if it was dry or not dry, to not be read correctly because of the streaking on the glass on the inside. So when that happens, you have to wait for a tech, which I actually was there when a tech was there, and that guy has the authority to open the machine to wipe the glass off, and then he showed me his phone. He's got in his area that he takes care of 11 other machines that he has to go to to do the same thing and he just, he's going in a circle it just it's, it's a revolving door now what he told me was is he believes this was by design because it's doing this to the inside of the glass and by the time he makes it to the next one the next one as he gets there you see all these ballots that are stacking up off the side that need to be recounted and if you think of that number that number could be the number that sways different elections because it's so close. Thanks, uh, Randy and Sandwich, our Sharpieologist. That's interesting. I mean, just so just use a pen for goodness sakes. What what the heck is going on? Well, people forget they don't. Oh my gosh! Oh, no. Honestly, right. honestly, I think you're sick of Sharpie Gate, and we just no, no, dubbed I'm not Sharpie Gate. No, I'm not sick of it. I'm like, I can't, yeah, I can't believe that this is like a a consistent problem across the region. Ay, 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 ay. The things you don't anticipate. Scott Woodstock. Yeah, so I went out and voted at the government center last night, and I walk up the stairs, and I'm pleasantly surprised to see an enormous line, and it took me an hour and a half to huh. get through. That's good. Now, granted, there was only six ballot stations and three poll workers, but it did kind of make me feel relatively decent that we were having a good turnout in general. All right. Well, that's good to hear from McHenry County. Thanks for the call, Scott. Dan and Amy, Chicago's Morning Answer. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560. The Answer.
Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.